This episode is brought to you by Noah's Arcade, the biggest chain of video game arcades in the Midwest. Sick of Pong? Then check out the newest and most popular game, Desert Storm Commando Warrior. Come bust a move where the games are played. It's chill, it's fresh, it's Noah's Arcade. Mm, I have never been there, but that sounds delightful. <laughs> and welcome to another exciting episode of Cineversal Nerds. I am Brian. I'm Jesse. And on today's episode, we have an interesting theme that we thought of for today, and it is movies that are so bad, they're great. Now, there are a lot of lists made by people for this particular theme, so this one is obviously our list. Uh, if there's ones that we don't mention that you think deserve to be on the list, we're sorry. But th- these are just ones. This isn't like the we full list. We also can't list. sit here for hours. Exactly. So we, <laughs> I picked 10 movies with a couple of honorable mentions, and we'll just go from there. There are a few on here that are on everybody's So Bad They're Great list because they're, it's true. They are it's really a bad. Thing. It is. Um but, you know, before we dive into what we watched last, I do want to give a special shout out to our sponsor, Noah's Arcade, and its owner, Noah Vanderhoff. Nice name. Not. <laughs> All right. So what did you watch last, Jesse? Oh, my gosh. So much since we last <laughs> recorded. But um, you've been busy. How could you have time to watch? Well, it's just something I'd put on at night, you know, or while I was packing and stuff. Um so, first one was Dracula, Dead and Loving It. I love that movie. It's it was so stupid. so great. It's so stupid, so but I guess it's great. It's, yeah. it's fitting for this episode. It could be, but it's a different thing because it's a parody, and I don't <laughs> well, think Mel Brooks um, movies would. Yeah, Mel Brooks, so, which is, you know, just says it's in itself. But, um, yeah, it was so great. It was my first. I've never seen it before. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was on, you know, IFC. So I was like, I'm going to record this and watch it later. <laughs> you know, like some Leslie Nielsen. Oh, he's great at it. And I'll, I'll always remember. It's such a stupid scene, too. It's like one that's not really memorable. But for some reason, whenever I think of that movie, I always think of when Steven Weber, uh, the hero of the movie, is uh, like using the stake and it's just gushing blood in his face like over <laughs> yeah. and over again, like over the top. It's just, it won't stop bleeding. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, it was very funny, and I really enjoyed it. I have it on VHS. I do. I, I, I look at it here and there, and I'm like, I, I want to watch this. I've never even heard of it, so. It I did saw, go to theaters. Like, yeah, <laughs> I got to record this. But, um, so I it was also, on regular TV? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I ever, um had commercials but that's okay that's okay. but ifc doesn't edit their movies so that's why i typically try to record stuff off there but um i also watched the scream quadrilogy <laughs> all four in a row <laughs> yep i did you had to we well, talked about packing, it on the last yeah. episode so yeah so did you watch them in order this time the actual order not the order yes when absolutely you first which saw them? actually <laughs> i need to correct myself because i said that i saw the second one first mm-hmm. i don't know why i got them confused but it was actually the third one that i watched first because i started the third one and i was like wait a minute <laughs> The Patrick Dempsey one? <laughs> yep. So that was the one I actually saw first before the other ones and then Scream or uh, Scary Movie and then Scream <laughs> 1. So, but I love those movies so much. And even watching them, I was like, I kind of want to watch them again, but I didn't. Oh, you know, I did too. I was talking about it with my sister because she didn't know there was a Scream 5 coming in January. And 
we were just talking. I mean, a lot of people can give those movies shit or whatever, but I, I really do like those yeah, movies. I enjoy. I don't I know think, why. There's just something about them. I just love them. Yeah, and I will say, I think it's. I think three is, in my opinion, the weakest of the four. To me. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of things in four that I didn't really care for, but I enjoyed the whole everybody like videotapes their murders because they had to like update right yeah like that guy is like screaming all the time Mm -hmm. yeah um but what i love about those movies like sydney prescott is freaking badass (laughs) like you know you get some like really terrible heroines or whatever but or is that how you say it heroin heroin yeah Yeah, kind of like yeah the drug yeah and but (laughs) but she's just so great you know and and she's the only freaking person that double taps you it's know? true. Yeah, she goes right for the face too. Yeah. She has killed killers right She's in the like, face. She's like, "You ain't coming back and getting yeah. me." Even though they always, you know, but it's always someone else, but And, you know, Courtney Cox's character, I forget her her name is um I just watched it I and just I can't watched think these of her two. name. Oh my god. But uh she's she's crazy. Gail Weathers. Yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And um I just uh what's his name? Dewey? Yeah, he's just so cheesy. But he's so likable. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. You feel bad for him at some points. But it hasn't been the same without Randy. Randy was always my favorite character. I was just thinking that, too, but I forgot. I thought he made it till the third one. Well, well, the video. Right, but... He's us. That's why we relate to him the most. He's the movie nerd. I love Jamie Kennedy, though, so... He's not doing the greatest no. now, but he has been, you know, uh, co-starring in the last like three new Tremors movies. So good oh, for him. Okay, yeah, I watched. Uh, well, this was a while ago, but I, Malibu's Most Wanted. Oh my god! I, like that I used to. Funny. It's, it's stupid. Funny, but, it's funny. but like watching it now, I'm just like, ooh. <laughs> There's a lot of cringy stuff in that, oh, yeah. but but that was a while ago. But anyway, um, <laughs> um, I also watched. Uh, I binge watched. Well, again, this was while I was packing and stuff. Uh, Squid Games, mm-hmm. so good. Okay, like I said, I've heard mixed reviews, and oh it's under- it's okay. I am not judging. Some people, you know, like you and a few others, are like, and my sisters, she's like, it's so good, you need to watch it. And then other friends are like, eh, it's all right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I really loved it. Um, I thought it was interesting, and uh, it's very easy to follow. You know, so anyone who doesn't really like to watch foreign, you know, shows or movies, like it's really, really easy to follow. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've seen many foreign shows. I've seen a lot of foreign yeah. movies, but shows I think it is, is a new of, thing to explore uh, South for me. Korea. So they um, like their violence. Yeah, it's yeah. And then my niece was talking about it because I mentioned it to her mom, and she was like. Oh, I love that show. She's 12. <laughs> and I was like, what? Uh, you watch Squid Games? You know, some kids today, I mean, they can, it's, you I was know, like, it's so violent. Well, it's funny because they, in some schools I read that they banned Squid Games costumes to be worn in oh, schools. Yeah. yeah, I saw a lot of kids but, dressing up as But the... they can dress up as Jason and Freddy and Michael Myers. Like, I don't understand that. Oh, that's true. Maybe it's just... It's weird. But, <laughs> I don't know. It's just nowadays lots more... I don't know. It's whatever, a, it's a but, weird uh, thing. 
<laughs> but she told me, she's like, it's not that violent. She's like, they just weren't following the rules. <laughs> and I was it's like, ju- oh. It's justice. <laughs> I was like, oh my it's, God, I mean, you psycho. They're not, she's not wrong. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, I just cracked up. And I'm like, oh, maybe she's ready to watch Halloween with me. I don't know if she's quite ready for Friday the 13th, but. <laughs> well, if she can watch Squid Games again. Right, I don't know, but. So well, we'll see, but I've. But again, there's like lot tons of other things, but that I've watched. But um, I I watched uh, four movies uh, in the past week. Uh, one I watched on, I believe it was HBO Max. It could be Hulu. Uh, that I wanted to see. It came out in theaters last year, limited run, and I just didn't get a chance to see it. I'm a big fan of the director Ben Wheatley. He did Free Fire, and uh, I it, it just the trailer. It looked very interesting i knew it was going to be a slow burn kind of an artsy movie and i saw it it's called in the earth and it's a horror movie it's it's a pretty easy plot it was it was kind of it was filmed during the pandemic so the plot is pandemic-y mm. um it is about uh, a world where a virus has annihilated most of the population and it's about two uh, scientists that go out into the woods to gather more supplies for their where they're staying at and studying and trying to find a cure and you know stuff happens to them when they're out there and that's the basic plot and it is very slow um, which I didn't mind I still watched it but you know honestly it it's not very great um, it it had the potential to be better. I understood what he was going for, what he was trying to do, but it just didn't resolve many of the things that happened in it very well. Uh, the acting's fine. It's, a lot of loose it's ends. believable. Nah, well, it's just not really about anything. There wasn't oh. anything really going <laughs> on. But it does it does do something that you don't really see in movies. But it could also but it's also considered a bad thing. He uses a lot of. I mean, there's a warning at the beginning of the movie that it could you you could get seizures from watching this movie. Oh gosh, there is, is there like a lot of tons of flashing ooh, lights and like flashing lights imagery? And yeah, oh God, that stuff. I wouldn't like that. It's all over the place in that Just movie, and I get it that some people use that as a like an artistic um, extra for their movie, but the good half of this movie few minutes is, is that okay. stuff. It's insane. I still watched it. I will. I felt a little dizzy after it, but um, (laughs) I'm glad I watched it because you know I'm probably never watch it again. Um, there was a part in Squid Games that had a bunch of strobe lights, and it lasted like over five minutes, and I was like, "When is this going to be over?" Because, (laughs) yeah, this one's not just flashing lights; it just also shows like random images of not great things as well in it um to really mess with you i don't know i i give it credit for subliminal mess yeah for some things they did in it but unfortunately the bad outweighs the good in my opinion but i'm not upset that i watched it i'll say that yeah well give everything a chance once at least yeah so i did check out a few movies in theaters i finally got to see the two that i was most excited for for the year i still haven't watched dune it's okay. That that Dune was great, um, but unfortunately, I know that's what you're talking about. and at the time, Dune was my favorite of the year. It was <laughs> uh, for reasons. I mean, I never read the book. I never. I, I don't really remember the '80s version or anything. It's just I've I've noticed that uh, lately with movies, 
I mean, I understand that uh, acting and story is very important. But when I'm watching a movie lately, this is just me, I'm really paying attention to the technical stuff. The, the, the cinematography, the score, the sound mixing. And if all those things are really good, it makes me really like the movie more. <laughs> and then other people will be like, that was boring and the acting was sucks. And I'm like, yeah, but the sound was good. The, the color was good. <laughs> so that's kind of what I'm doing. And uh-huh. Dune is great on the, on the, the technical a- yeah. aspect for me. But I saw Last Night in Soho by Edgar Wright. That is my number one movie of the year so far. I don't see anything else topping it. I'm going to see it again this Thursday with my dad because I think my dad will enjoy this. He loves the 60s, especially the music from the 60s yeah. and the 60s uh, London setting. He likes that stuff, and I feel like has he seen he Cruella? Will love this. Uh, no, and I don't think he has an interest. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> but he joking. really liked Baby Driver, he and would it's like the music. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah, what I he meant. might watch. It. I knew he would. I mean, I could, I like could, Cruella. I could get Disney Plus on this TV, and maybe we can watch it because <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. But uh, no, Soho He's is like, great. Who recommended this? <laughs> I'm gonna say you did. <laughs> I'm like uh, for the music, okay. And he listens to these episodes, so Dad, if you're listening, Jesse recommends you watch Cruella with Emma Stone for the music. <laughs> for the music. <laughs> But uh, Soho, so I'm not going to spoil it. Jesse hasn't seen it, and I do recommend it to everybody. And this movie is the perfect example to the debate I've been having all year about movies. And I've mentioned this in every episode. So many people complain. There's too many remakes and sequels and prequels and book adaptations and TV show turned into movie adaptations, whatever. There's not an, there's, Hollywood has no more originality. Well, I'm... Sorry to tell you this. Last Night in Soho is an original film. It's not a prequel. It's not a sequel. It's not even based on a book. It's based on a little short story that the director, Edgar Wright, wrote and turned into a movie. Now, it does have a plot that is has been seen in other movies. But this one, I have never seen it told this way. This is the most original way to tell this certain kind of story. Kind of like, you know, Avatar gets uh, compared to, like, Fern Gully or Dances with Wolves. The guy who is fighting in the opposing team but joins that opposing team and becomes a part of that opposing team to fight the team he was from. That structure has been done a thousand times but told in different ways. Right. That's why I liked Avatar. Yes, it has the same structure, but they had, like, weaponry and all this other cool stuff that, you know... Burn Gully didn't have like it had cool stuff Soho's kind of like that Um, it seems familiar but new at the same time the acting so good Thomason um, Thomason what's her name the lead actress in this movie I I just had her name down she was in Jojo Rabbit yeah Jojo Rabbit and Shyamalan's old um, she is so good in the movie she you believe her every step of the way. She can be charming and adorable, and then you can believe when she's freaking out, going crazy. Is she crazy? We don't know. That kind of thing. Anna Taylor-Joy is also in it, which the trailer kind of makes you think she's the lead, but she's not. Um, well, I'm kind of figured. Yeah, not, but, it's, but they show her more, and she is the face yeah. more. Uh, and she does a really good job, plays a character I've never really seen her play. And Matt Smith, who... Most of the nerds out there know him as one of the Doctor Who's uh, years ago. He's great in this. This is the first thing I've seen him in. I've never seen him as Doctor Who. I knew he was Doctor Who, but I've never seen him in anything. And he he gave us the perfect balance of suave, 
seductor type character and total creep. I mean, he was great. It could be his face. So last night in Soho. He's like the main guy in the trailer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so last night in Soho, great, great movie. Uh, it's not very scary, although I don't think it was intended to be. Maybe the trailer makes you think that it is, but it is a suspense mystery. Um, but it's not really scary. But it's uh, it's just so great. I, I enjoyed every minute of it. A little slow burn in the beginning, but it's meant to be. Like they slow things down and explain things slower on purpose for reasons so great movie uh i did write down the trailers <laughs> that were in front of that which was the eternals and uh matrix resurrections <laughs> and michael bay's new movie ambulance with jake gyllenhaal and yaya mateen uh from Candyman. oh is this like the 911 or there oh wait no that's a different they one. do like a heist using an ambulance okay, and then there's an actual person of. that's like Isn't injured another one that's like this nine i can't remember what it's called oh it's like that nine one i know what you're talking about but yeah. I, I don't know what it is <laughs> so you said ambulance but i was like wait a minute yeah, this that's, is a january movie right. i think okay uh so i thought that one was already on netflix anyway that's could be I, I think it, that is yeah okay uh the other one i saw same that. weekend i actually saw him on the same day um i saw soho the second the second movie of my double feature friday but the first one i went <laughs> and saw was antlers Another movie I was very excited uh, to see. see uh, it's directed by Scott Cooper, who did Out of the Furnace with Christian Bale and Casey Affleck. You can almost say that they exist in the same universe because both movies are very dark and bleak and depressing at times. Now, Antlers, there's a lot of reviews for it. Some people really like it. Some people thought it was crap. I really liked it. I'm a fan of creature features. I've t- talked about this before in other episodes. Um the acting I thought was really good, you know, because it's it's a horror movie, so acting is always the easiest thing to blame mm. for a movie. Jesse, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm hey, just kidding. I'm just. Kidding. I don't complain about acting in every movie. I'm just, just kidding. Ones. No, I'm just you, kidding. But these you? actors, they do a good job. They do take it serious. It's not silly. There's a couple jokes in it, but it's intentional. Carrie uh, Russell was really good as the lead. I haven't seen her in much lately, so it was nice to see her again. Yeah. Um, and she plays a school teacher, and she has moments where she does the opposite of what a cliche character would do. A cliche character would go to a sh- crappy, uh, creepy-looking house. The door would suddenly open a little bit, and a cliche character would be like, "Oh, I'm going to go inside and just yeah. check it out, even <laughs> though I've never been here before. <laughs> she like takes one look at that, and she's like, fuck it, I'm out of here. And she leaves. So... <laughs> Uh, and uh, Jesse Plemons is also in it too who I like to call Bargain Bin Matt Damon I'm uh, just kidding he's a good actor uh, and he does a good job too as the town sheriff but it is very bleak uh, it is depressing at times yes there is a creature feature Wendigo story going on but all the characters especially the little boy he was really good in it they they all have very hard hitting depressing backstories that deal with like parental abuse substance abuse bullying all of those things and it's gory there is some crazy gore in this movie it's it's it was um surprising actually so i'll have to wait for it i do recommend it uh there's a couple jumps actually there was a couple scenes in the movie that made me jump (laughs) (laughs) but it's not full of jump scares or anything like that it you know it creeps on you but and a lot of people didn't like how it ended. I thought it was fine. For what it was, 
I was excited for it and it met my expectations. It didn't blow my expectations out of the water, but it met them. Right. And the last one I saw, which I'll talk briefly on, is Marvel's Eternals. A lot of people either really like it or they really hate it. I liked it. I don't love it, but I liked it. It's two and a half hours. That's fine because it's ten brand new characters that they're introducing to the MCU that are all superheroes, the Eternals. Um, do they get all the screen time and all the backstory they can? Kind of. <laughs> I, I think I agree with a lot of Well, the re- they're probably all going to have their individual movies. Eventually. They do. Kidding. They will return. <laughs> um, I can, I you know, and... We, this isn't the last we're gonna see of them, um, and uh, and uh, um, Kit Harrington's character. We're not we're gonna see him again. I mean, he's building towards. If you know comic, <laughs> if you know comic like lore, and you know, I believe Dane Whitman is his name in the comics and his name in the movie. If you know who that guy is in the comics, you know what character he eventually becomes. Um, so we will see him again. He does a good job. I will say this, and it's not a spoiler. He's not in it that much. Unfortunately, he's like maybe. Why you tell me that. He's so you're not Fuck like looking movie. through I'm the whole movie see it in for theaters. him. He's, I'm he's, not going to see I'd it at say all. Maybe seven I'm minutes. It. I think maybe seven minutes of screen time. But there's like ten other characters that they're I doing. I don't care. Hey. <laughs> but I thought the casting. I'm just kidding. I thought the casting was great. Uh, uh, Richard Madden, the other Game of Thrones guy. Yeah. He was great. He played Robin as as His Icarus. Brother, uh, Angelina Jolie was awesome. Plays the warrior. I'm excited about um, her in that. Episode. My favorite is Kumal Nanjiani. Uh, he is hilarious. Awesome. He he steals the show as far as the comedy goes. Yeah. And some people might find it cringy, but I was laughing. I thought it was funny. It came off natural. He's a comedian, so it felt more organic. Yeah. And uh, that movie it, seemed serious, so I felt it like, is. Yeah. It is. It so there it is a, needs it, a little bit there of is a lot more humor than I thought there was going to mm-hmm. be. And a lot of people thought it was boring. I didn't find it boring. I Like I've said before, I don't mind slow films, slow right. burn films. And this is something different for the MCU. It does follow some of the usual MCU tropes as far as origin stories, but it is different. It doesn't feel like the Black Widow movie or the first Captain America movie or the first Iron Man movie. It feels different. It's uh, directed by Chloe Zhao. I mean, and this isn't it, like making the excuse for it because she's an Oscar winner, but... It's what I really liked about it, and I'm going technical here, is the scale. They really show how big this world is. I mean, it does take place on Earth, and our world is big. But, like, the universe, they show the celestials, which you see in the trailers, the giant beings that created these Eternals. And you see the scope and how big these things are. And it's crazy to me. Um and they go through all, like, thousands of years through human history, which you see in the trailer, all these different wars, all these different time periods in our own history. And the scenery is, it's gorgeous to look at. There's a lot of really good cinematography and scenery in it. So that's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, I did like it. I do recommend it. And if the two-and-a-half-hour runtime it bothers some people, just remember Endgame was over three hours. The Irishman was over three hours. You know, I mean, you may you may hate those movies too for the runtimes, like, but I don't mind long runtimes. I feel like that's just like a normal standard for superhero run. epics. Sure, yeah. What well, Dune is two hours and forty seven yeah, minutes. I just so. feel like any movie now. And that's I feel just like, part one. <laughs> I feel like people complain if it's less than two Be- hours because people can sit and binge a ten hour show. Yeah, but not sit in a theater for two and a half hours. Yeah, so no, I don't I can understand that. that. 
but it was worth it to me. I do want to see it again. I heard it's in 3D, and I kind of want to see it 3D. And the trailers for that one was Matrix Resurrections again, and surprisingly not Spider-Man. <laughs> was it the same trailer, or was it at least different? It was the same trailer. Okay. Uh, and then Clifford the Big Red Dog, full trailer, and Sing 2. <laughs> so that was that. All right, so we ready to dive into So Bad They're Great an hour later? Yes. <laughs> no, only so, not even a half hour. Okay, okay, I'm just kidding. So I have a couple, a couple honorable mentions. Uh, they originally were on this list, but then I thought of two others that deserve the spot on the list more than these. So these just became honorable mentions. And the first one I have is Encino Man from 1992. Uh, I, yeah, I do love that movie. I do too. It's a classic. It is a classic, but at the same time, it's really stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry out there. I know I, I might lose, I might lose our one fan um, <laughs> for saying that. I do like it too. I'm, I'm a Pauly Shore fan. I'll admit it. I like his movies. Uh, I grew up in that time. But really, when you look at the plot of this movie, it's so ridiculously stupid. But they made it likable. Gave us Brendan Fraser. I mean, he was in movies before that, but he really came out big after Encino Man um, Sean Astin which other than Rudy was like the first movie I saw him where he wasn't a little kid like in Goonies Goonies yeah <laughs> so, um, and Pauly Shore uh, so that gave us him playing his usual self from being a VJ on MTV um, I've been really wanting to watch Son-in-Law lately you can this month. It is one of three movies that I can think of, comedy movies, that are Thanksgiving movies. Ooh, okay. The other is Planes, Good. Trains, you know, and... You saving it for a reason. Yeah. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is the other one. And Dutch with Ed O'Neill. Never heard of it. John Hughes. Uh, written by John Hughes. Uh, Ed O'Neill from Married with Children, the dad. Oh, okay, And yeah, yeah. Um, Ethan Embry, the bass player from That Thing You yeah. Do. Yeah. And it's a road trip movie like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles where they're just trying to get home to... Thanksgiving yeah, dinner. Yeah, I have seen that bad. movie. I've never seen. I've never heard of uh, the, du no, the Dutch, Dutch. That's what I was explaining. Dutch is oh. the same kind of movie. It's a road movie of two people getting back oh, to Thanksgiving. Well, it reminds they, me of playing trains and automobiles. Yeah, and so it's the same kind of setup. There are people that don't like each other, but they're forced oh, okay. to be with each other. Only it's the kid who's a prick, and the mom's boyfriend who's cool and trying to bond with the kid, but the kid always one ups him because he's a little prick. Oh, okay. Trying to get home for Thanksgiving, so. It's gotcha. worth the watch. Uh, yeah, Encino Man. Uh, <laughs> I did watch it recently, not within like this month, but earlier this year. Um, it's still pretty stupid, but I, I do enjoy it. Um, that's why it's an honorable mention, because at the same time, I felt it really didn't deserve its place on the list, because there are these comedies that are so stupid, but they're just so dear to us. Yeah. Um, well, they just don't make movies like that anymore either. Well, there's good reason. <laughs> like, I know, but uh, it did well. I had a seven ninety movies. Yeah, it had a seven million dollar budget and it grossed forty million, so it did well. Yeah, for, for a comedy. Uh, it's directed by a guy named Les Mayfield, who also directed Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, the remake, uh, Blue <laughs> totally Streak random. with Martin Lawrence, and Flubber with Robin Williams. Okay. Not to say, I mean, Miracle on 34th, I mean, it's a classic, but. Yeah. Blue Streak was alright. <laughs> I used to watch Encino Man and Biodome. Biodome deserves its place on this list, but people can also argue that Biodome is so bad it's bad. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty bad. 
and yeah. even more of a ridiculous plot than Encino Man. You could <laughs> yeah. probably put, you know, this list could have been half Nicolas Cage, half Polly Shore. Yeah. Um, but we're saving. Yeah, we're saving for that. Uh, Polly Shore did win the Razzie for this movie for worst new star. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, they did make a sequel uh, spinoff, and I do remember the advertisement for it because I, I was alive and conscious in 1996, and it was uh, called Encino Woman. What, you don't think I was alive and conscious in 1996? And knew about Encino Man when you were six <laughs> years old? I don't know, but I do remember seeing the commercial for it, but I never well, watched it. Not when it. it came out in 1992. I Definitely not. I, I never I never watched the sequel, but I like I said, I remember the commercials for it. <laughs> so Encino Man, uh, I kind of want to watch it again now, now that we're talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely uh, want to watch it. And my other honorable mention is one that I am trying to get together so I can make Jesse and Josh watch it. In 3D, Drive Angry. Yeah, yeah, you've only been asking for batteries for five years. Yeah, and it's so easy to get them, like you say, but you just haven't. I just, it's but just... you had time to watch all four Scream movies <laughs> instead of just getting on your phone and ordering off of Amazon. Hey, man, I just moved. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kidding. No, I just, it's just something I always forget. Like, you gotta text me one day, and then I'll just leave it unread. Well, I'm surprised all the times I bring it up. Like, now you're not on your phone, like, right now, ordering those batteries. I will. (laughs) She's ordering the batteries now, so finally. I don't even know what kind of batteries. Batteries. After, like, six months of bugging her. Uh, So, drive angry. No, it's been five years. Yeah, that's true. Drive angry, 3D, uh, directed by Patrick Lussier, or Lussier, who also directed My Bloody Valentine 3D and Dracula 2000. Uh, this movie stars Nicolas Cage, the one and only. Uh, I really like this movie. This movie like took me back to, like, well, I wasn't alive for it, but it was like a, a grindhouse uh, drive-in type movies. It's ridiculous. It's It's got a ridiculous plot. I mean, Cage plays a man named John Milton, which is actually an, um, derived from the author of Paradise Lost, which is the story of a of um it's an epic about uh satan's expulsion from heaven and the creation of hell and uh he is in hell (laughs) and he learns that his granddaughter who is an infant is about to be sacrificed to a cult uh led by billy burke actor billy burke um who was the dad in twilight (laughs) uh and he is charlie he escapes hell in a badass car straight out of Vin Diesel's garage <laughs> and just escapes so hell in a like car. So this is like post-Fast uh, and Furious. Well, this came out in 2011. No, I know. I'm just joking because so, they stole his car yeah. out of hell. Mm-hmm. And he, he he gets back to the main the, the real world and uh, goes on a you know a hunting spree for his his god his or granddaughter and his uh, god his god and uh you know he's pretty badass in that he's not over the top cage like you would think he's not he's, he plays it kind of cool uh amber heard is also in the movie who joins him for the ride um she's a person with her own problems and they just kind of fit together sort of a father daughter type relationship uh, the the devil gets uh, gets aware of him escaping hell, so he sends his own bounty hunter uh, after Cage to bring him back to hell. And he's played by actor William Fickner, who is awesome. 
he is he is a great character he's very funny um and he plays it serious very dry humor and uh great i like that actor i've i've liked him in a lot of things um but yeah that's it and it's in 3d and it's over the top violence and nudity and it's just everything Totally except interested. except over the top cage. That's the only thing that's not over the Aww. top. Surprisingly, uh, but he's still great in it. But I think because the plot's so ridiculous, it just it, he blends in. <laughs> I did have a fifty million dollar budget. Sadly, only grossed forty one million. But apparently, Axl Rose loves this movie. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> And actually, uh, originally, so Cage, he has uh, long hair-ish, maybe shoulder-length hair, kind of scraggly uh, for his outfit. And uh, he originally wanted to shave his head, like, completely and have, like, a full-on tattoo on his head. But the producer's like, nah. (laughs) So that would have been interesting. Yeah. And he gets injured in his eye. Like, Cage, for some reason, likes movies, uh, characters where he gets injured in the eye. So you'll see a lot of his movies that he has an eye injury. <laughs> so that's all I have for honorable mentions. There's probably others that we could have talked about, but I didn't deep dive. Like you mentioned, Showgirls or Spice World. Spice World <laughs> sucks. I was never a fan of the Spice Girls, but for some reason people like you don't say that. call that as a guilty pleasure. I can't do it. No. That movie is really bad. I like Spice Girls, and, but I don't. I can't. That's like the very Brady sequel that was that bad to me. <clears throat> I mean, there's like so many. I know there's a lot choices but... that it was hard to pick, but. But that for me is a ba- so bad it's bad. <clears throat> so we can start this list with. Another Nicolas Cage movie, and sadly, this is the last Nicolas Cage movie on this list. What do we have, Jesse? Um, the Wicker Man. From 2006. The remake of the 1973 film of the same name. <laughs> this movie is so terrible. You know, and but he... But it's so funny, and I know it's not supposed to be, but... It's so great, though. Yeah. You, you, I love it. I, it's so, it's one. I don't, I don't know which one on this list is the number one. It, so bad, it's great. But this, it, they're all ties yeah. to me. But the, when I was picking out your uh, birthday presents, <laughs> uh, it was so hard for me not to get something that said "Not the Beast." Oh man, <laughs> there's so many great lines, so many cage moments, so uh. many memes were made off of this. So many YouTube videos where it's just certain scenes that have like <laughs> millions of views. Even if you've never seen what the movie is, what this the movie it's from, it's just. And he he is off the walls bonkers in it for the last half of the movie. He kind of plays it serious a little bit in the beginning, but you know he wanted to remake this movie. He wanted it to be a scary experience and for for it to like for you to think about it even after you watch it think you know and we did but probably not in the way he intended yeah (laughs) i really meant to watch this again before today but i I definitely want to watch it soon because and why is it bad it's not because of nicholas cage he's a good part of he's a part of it but i love we love nicholas cage here but yeah uh, there's nothing that i can say that i hate that he's in there's some i haven't seen yeah that's true like so i can't probably say that but but he is 
great, and we've said it before. He can be in terrible. a bad movie, but he he himself will be the best part of the movie, be entertaining at least. Uh, this is directed by Neil Labute or Labute. Uh, he also directed Lakeview Terrace with Samuel Jackson and the Death at a Funeral remake. Um, it stars our man Nicolas Cage, Ellen Burstyn, Lily Sobieski, and Francis Conroy. Okay, Pre-American that... Horror Story Batteries actress. Batteries are ordered. Great. Uh, the original movie is a classic, The Wicker Man from 1973. I've never seen the original. I believe it deserves its place on top ten best horror films of all time, but that's just me. Uh, it was great, and there's some really creepy moments, very good acting, it's disturbing. And the biggest theme of the original movie was the battle between Catholicism and paganism. This remake... <laughs> throws that out of the water and just says let's do a battle between men and women instead because that makes for a horror movie sure yeah so you know uh cage's character is just seen as you know misogynistic and the enemy to this island of all women there are men on the island because they do need to breed they do need to continue to populate but that's what that's their only purpose their tongues are cut out so they can't speak, and they're just there for breeding and some of the labor. And that's it. Their main source is bee is honey. So there's yes, a lot of shnoo, shnoo. there's a lot of bee things in it. Even like <laughs> the design of uh, their gardens and their houses and their rooms, it's all hives and bees. There's so many bee things in it. It's if, been so so long since I've seen this. Um, you know, we always thought it was unintentionally funny, and but apparently both Nicolas Cage and the director said that they did film it as a dark comedy. I think they said that after, after the fact. After, yeah, just to make up Which, for uh, okay. the terribleness. So if you watch this <laughs> as a... Like, yeah, yeah, we meant to do that. Yeah, if you watch this as a horror movie, it's horrible. But if you do watch it as a dark comedy, it's gold. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. Um, funny enough, roughly 80% of the dialogue was word for word the same as in the original, but just through a different context. Uh, um, is, this film is worth it alone for, for Nicolas Cage's overacting towards the end, the not the bees part. You bitches! I'll always remember that one. <laughs> yeah. and, and just seeing him in a bear costume uh, and punch a woman in the face. There's a scene where he wears a bear costume and punches a woman in the face. Oh, another great line. It just it just boggles my mind because he is a cop in this movie. He's supposed to be kind of smart as a cop detective. The, you know, he he gets a, a letter from an ex saying that there's a supposed daughter has gone missing on this island, Summer Isle or Summer Sile. I'm not sure. Uh, one of those two. Something like that. And uh, so he goes to that. You know, and it has a website. There is a website for this island, but there's no phones on the island. There's a lot of things that don't make sense in this movie. There is a lot of things where they talk about that Just are never never referenced again. He has visions because in the beginning of the movie, when we meet his character, he's on the he's like a highway cop, and he witnesses an, a car accident from a truck blatantly driving on the wrong side of the road, big semi truck that nobody heard or saw until it smacked into them. And he has, and in, in the car that was killed was a mom and her daughter. It's very sad. 
But throughout the movie, he gets visions and has nightmares about that moment for no reason. It never comes back again. It's just there. Just some filler. Yeah. He buys self-help tapes in the beginning, you know, to cope with that. I get it. But that never comes back again. We just get a little bit of his character, and then there's nothing. He's on the island. And he's on the island. But when he gets to the island, he sees a couple of the old ladies there carrying a big sack with bloodstains all over it. We know it's a dead body. <laughs> but our hero, the detective, actually says, Hey, what is that? Shark or something? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Uh, it was a $40 million budget, and it grossed $39 million, $1 million shy from uh, just so being even. It is horrible, but it's so great. Mm-hmm. I can watch yeah, I it, re-watch it every year. I own it on Blu-ray, and I am not ashamed. I already watch it for our uh, future episode mm-hmm. coming up. Oh, yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about it again. Uh, number two on the list is something that I saw when it came out. I was excited for it. Because I've heard nothing but bad things. And uh, I needed to own it just because, and I do, and I finally made Jesse and Josh watch it recently. (laughs) What is it? What did I make you watch? (laughs) The Fanatic. (laughs) (laughs) And did you like The Fanatic? I did. Do you think it's a well-made movie and a suspense thriller like it's supposed to be? No. (laughs) (laughs) The Fanatic came out in 2019. And this, again, is not supposed to be funny either. No, it's it's supposed to be a suspense thriller. That was the director's intention, who also wrote the movie. Mm-hmm. Frontman Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit, But he's not a stranger to directing. He did direct two other movies, The Long Shots with uh, Ice Cube and The Education of Charlie Banks with Jesse Eisenberg. Both are fine. Both are completely different kinds of movies. Um, and I think because of this movie's epic failure we may never see fred durst direct another movie again and you know what that's fine (laughs) the thing that i've went this long without it so or without him (laughs) and you haven't seen the other movies that he directed um they're worth the watch you know long shot's a kid's movie the other one is a drama college movie yeah i've heard of it just never seen uh so the movie stars john travolta and you know john travolta has an interesting resume He's very he, proud of this movie extremely proud this was gonna be his big comeback I again because and don't you feel so bad for the guy uh, <laughs> uh so you know yeah. in the night you know before the 90s before tarantino gave him that part in pulp fiction that skyrocketed him to fame for a little bit you know, he was in movies like Saturday Night Fever and Grease, and Staying Alive. You know, he was kind of silly, kind of a cheesy guy. And then Pulp Fiction changed it. He became a leading man. He had a lot of great 90s movies like Phenomenon and um, Face Off and Broken Arrow. But even in movies like Broken Arrow, he likes to play ridiculous characters. He likes playing the weird, over-the-top characters. Mm-hmm. And then we see him in movies like... And then his, his career starts to decline a little bit. Now, I enjoyed Wild Hogs. I saw that in theaters with him and Tim Allen and Martin Lawrence, William H. Macy. 
but you wouldn't say that's top tier Travolta movie. What's that one where he's or, wearing the dress? It's like Battle Battlestar. Oh, Battlestar Galactica. No, or, or Battlestar Battle, Battlefield Battlefield, Earth. Battlefield. Yes. Sorry, you. I, I, like, I apologize. I I, I, all the Battlestar but, Galactica fans. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, could be on this that list. was a career ender right there because it was uh, made uh, by uh, the the creator of Scientology, I believe, either the author of the book or something yeah. like that. That's pretty terrible, but um, yeah. that did hurt him. But he came back a little bit with mm-hmm. movies like Old Dogs and or uh, Wild Hogs and Old Dogs with Robin Williams and uh, a few here Hairspray, you know. Oh, I love that movie. Then, you know, unfortunately, his wife, Kelly Preston, did pass yeah, away, and his son, so and sad. things like that was going pretty bad for him mm-hmm. in his personal life, and I've always liked John Travolta, even his stupid movies. He's not like Nick Cage. He's kind of like Nick Cage, but I respected him for a while, you know, and... Look Who's Talking is one of my <laughs> favorite This is a good one. I do like Look Who's and Talking. Look Who's Talking, too. But not Look Who's Talking now. That but, one... You, no, the, the one crap. with the Christmas one with the dog. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. But, um, there's but enough, I do love There's those. enough dog-talking movies. Uh, you know, and then he kind of had that phase which Bruce Willis is in right now. All these straight-to-video movies. He was, oh, he was what dominating. What to you, Bruce? He's just... He'll do anything. And I swear, I see a new preview for a Bruce movie, like, every week. A straight to video with like Frank Grillo. That's like the the guy he's with mostly. Um, and he did hard a me. slew of those, which some I've seen, some I haven't. Then he had a little bit of a spurt. He did a movie like uh, From Paris with Love, which I enjoyed. I actually really and that uh, movie Taking too. a Pelham One Two Three. You know, and there's a couple that I I mm-hmm. uh, the Punisher, Is that the Train One. Yeah, okay. The Punisher as the villain. You know, oh, he did yeah, yeah, he yeah. did some stuff. Mm-hmm. So see, I just then, forget about some of the yeah, stuff. Actually. Then he disappeared again. And now, we have a movie that he was so excited to be a part of. He is the lead. He got to research and do, and he is trying his absolute hardest to be the lead in this movie, The Fanatic. And the movie is about a fan, a, like, movie fan. And he really loves this actor named Hunter Dunbar. Dummy bar. And, uh... He gets a little obsessive. He is also mentally... He's on the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. more towards the mentally disabled. Um, well, and I would say Hunter autistic. won't sign an autograph for him. And, you know, our, our character whose name is Moose, for some reason. I, I was like, stops. is that a nickname? But he's like... Nope, that no, is Moose. That's, that's, that's just Moose. No last name, I mean, no we don't know reason. That. It's just what it is. Yeah. Um, he starts to stalk him and do other things fanatically. <laughs> um, wow, this was terrible. But it's, it's great. Some of it made me so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It just because like I just felt bad, but like I know he puts himself in those situations. Yeah. But I'm just like, oh so that, my god, why? That was the biggest bad part. Of this movie, but um, but I'm I'm gonna have to say it's like first. I want to talk about some of the parts the, that were so funny, but I don't want to be I don't want to spoil nothing. I don't know if many people are gonna watch these so badly <laughs> great movies, but you know we could because it came out in 2019, and we could say spoiler okay, alert yeah. if you don't want to listen to our spoilers, then skip ahead like 10 minutes. Okay, but uh, <clears throat> I do want to mention his look for the movie is hilarious. You know, Travolta's been bald 
for the longest time. So he's obviously wearing a wig. And the wig that they chose for him, or maybe he chose... It's like a Lloyd... Yeah, so it's like a, you know, (laughs) a a bowl cut, but with a mullet in the back. (laughs) And he wears crazy colored shirts, almost Hawaiian shirt types. I mean, he's clashing all over the place, rides a little moped. So he plays a character that's on the spectrum... The problem with it, though, is this is surface-level research. It's, he didn't, I feel like he didn't research that kind of character more. Yeah. He should have done it more yeah, surface-level. Like, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's, I totally it didn't agree. work. He doesn't, I will admit, you don't see John Travolta in that character. He, he did disappear into whatever thing he created. So I'll give him that. Yeah. But yeah, what like, he created... I forgot that it was funny. And I hated to laugh at some of the stuff, but oh my <laughs> gosh. Not meant to be funny. Yeah. Hilarious. But uh, it's just, I, I do agree where he should have done a little more, you know... Research on the character because yeah, you don't because, really know much about it. Because it's like, him. yeah, he like took all these assumptions yeah. about someone who's on the spectrum. Right. And then just like put it all together and it's like someone on the spectrum doesn't have every single you know, characteristic of what he was doing but watch his interviews that jesse watched mm-hmm. of him promoting this movie and so excited like a good morning america and all these different shows so excited that this movie's coming out only for it to end up like this you do feel bad for the guy uh this movie i don't think will restart his career no. I think it's going to sink him even lower. And I think the only way out of it is to get someone like Scorsese or Tarantino again to put him in one of their movies. That's the only way he's getting out of this. Or, fuck, join Marvel. Just join the MCU, Travolta. Yeah. You can get back out of there. Stallone is in the MCU. So do it. Um, wow. Okay, so the biggest problem with this movie, you don't know which who to pick. Like, what side to pick? Because on one hand, you have Moose. The other hand, you have Hunter Dunbar, the actor, who's played by Devin Sawa, which I haven't seen him in anything since, like, Final Destination and Idle Hands. He's coming back. He's in the new Chucky show, too. And he's in Black Friday, if you haven't seen that trailer yet. Oh, you need to. But, so I'm glad. I'm I'm happy to see the guy. But I don't think this movie is doing anything for his career, either. But Hunter is an actor, and so you have these two characters and it is a movie about a fanatic that stalks an actor so you would think you side with the actor but the problem is the actor is unnecessarily rude from the get-go he is a complete ass to moose granted moose does some things where it warrants that rudeness you know leave me alone you know and moose is very pushy and then you have Moose, and he really likes this actor, and he just all disabled. he wants, all he wants is an autograph. So you feel bad, but then at the same time, he does things that's like you're I, asking I for don't, it. Yeah, I don't feel bad for you anymore. So you don't know which side to pick. You don't yeah. know who to root for. So there really isn't any conflict. There is no emotion. You honestly don't really care what happens to either of them <laughs> um well, and then there's even surprised me though yeah and there's even a scene where they do confront each other there are many scenes where they confront each other in person and hunter is like i said so unnecessarily rude to him it's almost like he doesn't 
know that mental disability is a real thing because he you can clearly see that moose is mentally disabled the way he talks the way he moves and the way he's just the way he is but hunter kind of just sees him as this asshole guy that won't leave him alone and doesn't even consider that maybe this person has some mental issues to be honest he should have just given him the autograph right in the beginning saved everything right uh but then there wouldn't be a movie but other than that it's so funny to watch it's so great it's everything in this movie is done the wrong way but that's what makes it great there's even unnecessary narration throughout the movie from this girl who is a side character in this movie yeah i who was apparently confused is by that moose's only friend and the narration went like nowhere it, it didn't like... and it was very cliche lines that she was saying <laughs> yeah. about hollywood you know and you know moose oh I'll, I'll, I'll quote one because moose does cross the line and do something bad later and she goes moose didn't just cross the line he fucking nuked it yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> So, yes, The Fanatic 2019. Now, I will say it was a $23 million budget film. It went on to gross $3,153. It was a colossal failure. So, So, if you do plan on watching this movie... I recommend checking out a couple of the videos of his inter- of John Travolta and Fred Durst interviews on different talk shows, hyping up the movie, hyping it up, loving every minute. Then watch the movie. You might feel a little different, but it's great, and it deserves its spot on this list because it At is bad. At least watch it one time. It is bad, but it's so great. <laughs> yeah, watch a trailer, too. That'll interest you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. And, of course, I do have to mention, yes, it is a Fred Durst movie. So, of course, there's going to be a scene. Oh, my gosh. There is going to be a scene where a character is listening to a Limp Bizkit song and saying how great they are. <laughs> but it's, like, not even lyrics. Like, you can't even hear Fred It's Durst old Limp Bizkit. It's just, it's like, one of their music. earlier ones. <laughs> you want to listen to the little Limp Bizkit? Ah, uh, shit's hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like since when <laughs> uh, I, you know there are a couple in biscuit songs i used to like i mean i grew up in that era with like, oh, the well. family values tour and stuff oh, like so that. did i, I like, rolling and stuff but and i didn't care for their george michaels cover or anything but it was like but... a band where like they had some good songs but yeah. like not enough for me to like want to buy the whole album so so yeah the fanatic all right number three on our list is another favorite of ours that I actually watched last night again. Oh my god, I love this movie! <laughs> we were going to talk about it a little bit on the foreign episode, but we wanted to save it for yeah. this, and it is Night Killer. came out in 1990, the year you were born, so you're a Night Killer troll too, baby. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> That's hilarious. This is an... It- it's, it's, a, it's a rare movie. Not many people know about it. Um, it's an Italian horror film directed by Claudio Fergasso, who coincidentally that same year also directed troll 2 which is also on our list which i have not seen um so yeah this movie is insane it's bad bad acting bad effects bad editing horribly cheesy but great 
porn-like music that plays throughout the music, like with that slap bass <laughs> for like no reason. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, it is a horror film. It uh, basically is about a guy who dresses in a trench coat and a cheap Freddy Krueger mask, wears has a claw hand, and stalks this woman and kills some other people throughout the movie. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> um, the director did want this movie to be a psychological thriller with little to no gore. That was his vision. But unfortunately, the producers of the film did not like that idea. Brought in uh, another director, Bruno Mattei, to shoot some additional scenes to add to the movie that featured brutal gore. So the movie does feel off balance. It does also feel like you're watching two movies horribly edited together. So there are scenes that make no sense. Oh my god, the acting is so silly. But, you know, it works for this movie. <laughs> um, it does star Peter Hooten, uh, who it was Doctor Strange in the made-for-TV movie Doctor Strange from the 70s. Uh, he plays Axel. Uh, which in the beginning of the movie is kind of a creeper. And he has some wonderful scenes with our lead actress creeping on her, especially in the men in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we're going to spoil this movie a little bit. Uh, so, spoiler alert. They had time. Uh, yeah, 1990. But it's a, rare, but it's a rare one. Um, so, our lead that actress... <laughs> our lead actress has... Well, okay, so when I was watching it last night, the movie just opened straight up on this um, stage production practice of people dancing, and the woman, like, directing and uh, choreographing is, like, so over the top. I couldn't understand half of what she was saying. I had to watch it with subtitles. Now, it is spoken in English, but, like, she was just... I don't know how I didn't know this was foreign when I watched it. It was almost like... Probably because I was a little tipsy and I was laughing and having a good time. That's okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You need the alcohol. So I didn't notice. Uh, it just, she's saying things, she just says just noises here and there. And it, it's so fun to watch. And the, the uh, dancing is very fun and silly. Um, and, and we see our killer, the night killer, uh, kill one of the uh, actresses in the play very gruesomely. And then, you know, that's it. And it cuts to our main story, uh, which is this woman who has a traumatic experience and gets in and gets like her memory lost and she's in the hospital and then it cuts to her driving away from the hospital because you know they let her go had a traumatic experience had problems yeah let her drive away that's fine we don't get to see <laughs> no it we don't, we don't get to see it going. and then she gets stalked by this guy in, an, in another car um peter hooten's character axel so over the top and they use like in some of his scenes they use like a voiceover for him it's like an ADR voiceover that just doesn't fit with it because there's parts where he's like I'm watching you <laughs> I see you like it's it's so weird <laughs> um, and then there's a great scene where he uh, does follow her into a I think it's like a YMCA or something bathroom and she one ups him and holds him you know at gunpoint and makes him take all of his clothes off and put him in the toilet. And that whole exchange has one of the best scenes in the movie. It's so great. <laughs> one and, of the best lines. And it, yes, it does lead to one of the best lines. And it's just, it's going to seem out of context here, but it's just, you, you can watch the scene on YouTube and he 
you know, she leaves, and he's there standing in his, um, you know, underwear with his clothes in the toilet, and he, in a fit of rage, he stomps out of the bathroom to go outside, and the guy at the front desk is like, hey, man, what happened to you? And what did he, what did he say, Jesse? <laughs> I got molested in the little boy's room. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way he says it. There's yeah, other... not that we... It's... Like it's a serious yeah. thing. There's but. there's other great lines he has when he when he sees her again and uh he's in a hotel room and he picked up food and he's like fried chicken and French fries and he's like and she's like also trying to kill herself as well throughout this movie for some reason. And uh he like opens her purse up and he's like Pills Valium Syringe Gun barbiturates this is the way <laughs> this is the things that he lists oh it's so silly it's uh it's i mean all of these are worth a watch like we recommend these to everyone it's obviously it's so but. bad but it's so great I, it's so fun to watch i wish and i was able of. to watch it before this too uh, um and it like i was saying in the in the foreign episode it was released in italy as Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. That was the title for it. Which is so random. Like, what? Or Don't Open the like, Door how 3. How did you get that title? Lost in Translation. Uh, it could also be a marketing ploy. You market it that way, more people will go see it based on the title. Then that happens, even yeah. here. Uh, it's just funny that the actual Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 came out the same year in the, in the United States. So, maybe... Because they, they had to sell the movie, you know, to, to release it. And they sold it as an unofficial sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was in their marketing strategy to sell to the distributors. So that's how it was seen. <laughs> Not a whole lot of uh, info on it, though, as far as budget and things like that. But it is available on Blu-ray. I do own the Blu-ray. I'm not sure about a DVD or VHS release, but there is a Blu-ray. And the Blu-ray is great. It's, I'm completely happy with my purchase of that Blu-ray. I'm so <laughs> glad I own this movie. It's so terrible, but it's so great. It's a, it's a definitely, I think, a movie that Rift Tracks would totally have and, you know, and riff on in one of their episodes yeah I want to get the soundtrack alright Night Killer um, our next, my next one I added to the list is a Stephen King adaptation it is Maximum Overdrive which came out in 1986 it is um, based on the short story called Trucks by Stephen King, which was one of his earlier short stories in, uh, in a book of other short stories. Like, I think um, Graveyard Shift was in there. And yeah, I first else. saw this a few years ago. Pretty bad. Now, <laughs> yeah. this is the only movie that's based on a Stephen King story that Stephen King himself directed. And it is the first and last movie he ever directed in his career. And I remember seeing interviews with him because they're like, you know, all these other Stephen King adaptations are coming out here and there. And, and they're like, why don't, how come you don't direct anymore? And Stephen King just said, watch Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> He's like, it's not my calling. <laughs> he will still uh, make a cameo, but. And he does. Not, he does yeah. make a cameo in this movie like he does in all of his others. 
but in this one, his scene uh, is seeing him being called an asshole by an ATM machine, which is pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he uh, he has openly admitted in interviews that he was coked out of his mind during the production of this and did not know what he was doing oh, making Lordy. this movie, and you can see it. It does star Emilio Estevez. I love Emilio Estevez. Lisa Simpson. It does, yep. Yuraldy Smith, who is the voice of Lisa Simpson, who has since uh, said that this was an embarrassment in her film career. <laughs> And when you watch the movie, because oh. that's how she talks in real life, is Lisa Simpson. Yeah. So oh, anytime yeah. I see her in anything, you close your eyes, and that's just Lisa yeah. talking. So especially in this one, because she's younger, way younger, and around the time The Simpsons was first starting off. So it even sounds even more like Lisa when she's in, in, in this movie. I will say one great thing about this. The soundtrack is by ACDC. All ACDC tracks make up the soundtrack for this. Now, it is... So the movie, it just doesn't... You don't see what the plot actually is. So the plot of the movie is that all the machines in the world come alive uh, because of a meteorite that, that, uh, that that, swings by Earth. So you're talking like appliances and, of course, all cars and, you know, anything machine. But in the movie, you see a couple appliances and then mostly semi-trucks for the rest of the movie. There are other cars in the movie that just sit there, that they drive, that do not come to life. So I'm not sure what went on there. (laughs) I don't know. I guess it's something I never noticed. I will say this movie did have the balls to show a kid being run over by a steamroller. And that <laughs> that scene gave me nightmares forever when I saw it as a kid because I wasn't used to seeing kids dying in a movie. And I was a kid. And apparently behind the scenes, the effect actually contained uh, how they were going to shoot it was they had this, the, the steamroller and they had like a big bag full of fake blood and the steamroller was supposed to run over it and the the it was supposed to just make a smear on the rolling the roller and then um some on the grass and then that's how they would show it but it kind of didn't work that way and when they rolled over it it actually exploded and it just made it Ooh. seem like <laughs> this kid's head exploded oh, no. and king loved it and yeah. he wanted it in the movie and the producers were like no oh no <laughs> <laughs> so they had to have that scene removed but you do see the what they wanted intentionally with the smear. But yeah, it was some kids playing baseball and stuff starts coming to life and from out of, out of nowhere a steamroller gets on the diamond and runs a kid over. <laughs> and the coach gets uh, nailed in the head by a pop machine. Like the pop just comes flying out and knocks him in the head and he's all bleeding in his head and stuff. <laughs> this movie's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, did, did you like Maximum Overdrive? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's so stupid. But it deserves its spot on here because it does have some good merits to it, but ultimately it's just just bad. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely enjoyable, but it's not my favorite. So bad it's good. (laughs) Yeah, you can see why he will never direct another movie again. So we'll just... He can keep to writing 
and uh, you know cameos. Now I do remember the trailer for this movie. So and you can watch the trailer on YouTube, and it's just Stephen King talking to the audience, talking to you, trying to sell the idea of maximum overdrive, and the music in it is familiar that they use for the trailer. Well, not really familiar. Familiar to me. It's actually the theme music from Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Um, but he's just talking, and he actually says, if you want it done right, you have to do it yourself. Oh, how the irony in that statement. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got really much to say about that one. Um, it moves at such a weird pace, too. There's a lot of boring scenes in this, but Emilio Estevez, man. Yeah. He makes it worth it. The The main semi-truck has a giant uh, green goblin head on the front from Spider-Man. That's pretty badass. <laughs> but apparently you that, that on the front of your car? I do. I would. It, yeah. would, it would match the colors, but fuck it i'll still have the giant green <laughs> goblin it can even be like in my way and i can't really see through just the windshield do i don't even anyway. care i'll see through the eyes yeah. <laughs> green or goblin you could just car. Uh, put your head on the car like ace ventura you know that's true so that 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 green goblin semi is probably the most visual memory from that movie because it's on the posters it was in the trailers and it was sort of the leader of the gang of semi-trucks because they, <laughs> they just keep these people at a gas station like hostage I guess and they're circle, circling the the gas station because they're trying to get all the trucks and all the cars there because it's a gas station and they need gas to keep going it's so <laughs> stupid <laughs> but it's great well it's kind of realistic if you think about it it is true they, 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 <laughs> they I mean they are gas. vehicles and they do need <laughs> gas <laughs> oh well, all right. Speaking of Marvel, oh, I our love, next one. I love this movie so much. I do too. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. 1986, based on the Marvel character. Now, when I saw it as a kid, I did not know it was a Marvel character. I didn't either. I didn't know until... I didn't know until Guardians. I knew before Guardians. Yes, I did not, so... Um, I don't remember when, but I did know. Probably when the internet first became a thing, like AOL and all that stuff, when it first came out, I did a little research around that time. Mm, That's when I knew it was a comic. See, when that was a thing, I I didn't do anything Uh, on the internet, but I am. I do love this movie. I like the soundtrack. I wish I had it on vinyl. Um, Can you get it? It's expensive because it's rare. So they never remade it. So it's just expensive. But... uh, yeah, Howard the Duck. <laughs> uh, produced by George Lucas, of all people. Uh, rated PG. And, you know, watching it and thinking about that PG rating. Now, granted, it was in the 80s where the PG rating is, you know, kind of, they can get away like with borderline. Yeah. But PG-13 was available at that time. And I'm kind of wondering who the target audience was for this now yeah, it is a lovable yeah so it's a lovable duck character kids mm-hmm. might like it but there's questionable bestiality moments in it with the human character beverly and <laughs> what did you just say <laughs> the duck boobies <laughs> duck boobs there are two scenes of duck boobs in the beginning of this movie pg movie 
Um, yeah, it's like within like what the first five minutes you see. Yeah, it's just yeah. you don't expect it. Like no. it's, it's especially just, for PG thirteen. PG. Oh, PG. Yeah. See, it could I, be PG thirteen actually, but either way, it's boobs. It's duck yeah. boobs. And it's just questionable things. It actually could be PG thirteen. I can't I remember, know. but I don't, I don't remember I, either. It's one of the two. It's not rated I'm just R. Guessing because of the duck uh, boobs. Yeah, duck boobs. Um, so the story, and it is very similar to the comic that it's based on. Uh, surprisingly, uh, he is a, a duck that lives on Duck World. I believe that's the planet's name where every, you know, living character is a duck. Our original. And uh, yeah, it's like. Is our planet called Human World? It's <laughs> yeah. Earth. They could have came up with a better name, but People World. People World. But uh, <laughs> I do like the little things you see in the background. It's all just—they have everything we have, but they're just yeah. ducks, duck stuff. This movie is so good. <laughs> it, it is. It's so bad though. It's really bad, I know. but it's great. Um, you know, and and they're scientists on Earth, and they're you know fooling around with uh portals and um dimension gates and things like that and they somehow pull howard from his world crashing through walls looking at duck boobs and (laughs) (laughs) brings him to earth and he crash lands in uh cleveland is what he calls it cleveland (laughs) and uh runs into beverly who's played by leah thompson and she is and she's great. Mm-hmm. She's uh, the singer and guitar player of a band called the the, the Cherry Bombs, um, trying to play these shitty bars and dives, you know, to make a name for herself. And she does the actress sing all the songs herself. They all do, right? They all do. Yeah. Yep. Not so sure about the guitar playing, but I know for sure the singing. So oh, okay. when you get the soundtrack, that's Leah Thompson singing those songs. Yeah. And you know what? I listen to those songs. Totally eighties. Um, rock songs, but they're great. Yeah, I do like listening to them, especially the Howard the Duck theme song as well. Uh, and he somehow, you know, it gradually just gets accepted that we have a walking duck in in Earth. I mean, there are people that want to, you know, the scientists want him for sure. Yeah, see what makes him tick. But everybody else just kind of, eh, there's a anthropomorphic a duck walking anyone. around. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so you're. So there are scenes of yes, this is a comic book movie, and this could be for kids. But then there's a part where you know they have a lull where him and Beverly kind of get mad at each other, so they can't. So Howard has to go find a job, and one of his jobs that he magically gets a job for um, is like a like a hot house, like a hot tub sex house. You can rent hot tubs and mud baths and things, and it's very intimate. And he's the guy that pushes around the cart with towels and has yeah. to, and and also does maintenance on hot tubs. Oh, I forgot and about that. And there's people making out everywhere. It's just very strange. <laughs> uh, Tim Robbins is in this movie. He's yeah. very over the top and he's silly. He's a scientist, right? Well. He wants people to think he is, yeah, but yeah, he actually but, yeah. is a, a museum curator. Right, curator, yeah. So <laughs> works at the museum. Uh, very crazy guy, but I, I do I do like him. Jeffrey Jones is also in it as our main scientist that brings him uh, to Earth. Uh, yeah, wow, this is a bad movie, but I, I do really like it. Um, 
Here's a little. Here's a little fact. A uh, little trivia here. Um, at the time of the film's release, uh, George Lucas just built the fifty million dollar Skywalker Ranch complex, and was hoping that this movie would, you know, make him his money back. Sorry, uh, the film bombed horrendously, uh, and he was then forced to sell off some of his assets. Uh, but luckily, his friend Steve Jobs offered to buy the new CGI animation division that Lucasfilms just created. And that division eventually became Pixar. Which is, like, huge. Mm -hmm. So that was a good buy, Steve. Uh, Yeah, so this movie was um, was a a $37 million budget. It grossed $38 million. It made a million dollars, back, but yeah, but <laughs> yeah, it's a huge cult thing now. Like, oh yeah, people love the hell out of it now. But at the time, oof, this was the first um, attempt at a theatrical Marvel release since the Captain America serial from 1944. <laughs> now there have been Marvel things be- between, but it was TV, like the Spider-Man show, Incredible Hulk, things like that. Yeah, but this was the first theatrical, and we didn't get another theatrical Marvel movie until Captain America, nineteen ninety. That is horrible. And then you got what next? Blade. Well, uh, we were supposed to have Fantastic Four in nineteen ninety four, but yeah. it was never released and only exists on bootleg. They should totally just find that movie and release it on like a blu-ray i would totally buy it right it's not that bad it has a million dollar budget which is pretty bad for a movie about those four characters but for what they had and what they did i thought it was fine it felt like a sci-fi channel b movie like it felt like a superhero b movie and i i think that's what's charming about it it's it's watchable. Yeah. I could watch that over 1990 Captain America, for sure. <laughs> um, but like I said, it does uh, follow the comics, and and uh, pretty close. Uh, there is a evil overlord character in it at the end, which did scare me as a kid, that big alien thing with the mouth that's, like, long like this and whatever, and, like, walking like a, like a tripod legs and stuff. You remember that thing? And it had the claws that... It came out of the doorway at the end that yeah. they were trying to close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he is called the evil, you know, the evil overlord. <laughs> and he's actually based on a Howard villain. Uh, but in the comics, his name was, uh, this is the full name, Thog the Netherspawn, Overmaster of Sominus. <laughs> so evil overlord works. Yeah. We're, we're fine with that one. Uh, yeah, this movie is so ridiculous. Duck boobs. I'm just gonna keep the, saying the little uh, Leah Thompson finds that little 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 condom. The little condom, yeah. She goes through wallet. Howard's wallet. <laughs> Up to six actors played Howard in the film in the duck costume. Really? In different scenes, yes. Yeah. Six actors with a completely different actor voicing him. I was just gonna say, I'm like, obviously they had just one person voicing. Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was nominated for seven Razzie Awards. I don't think it won won any of them, but it did. Uh, When the film bombed here in the States, the title was changed for international release to Howard, A New Breed of Hero. 
<laughs> I do remember the original teaser poster. Uh, it almost kind of made fun of the alien teaser poster where it was just a big egg. Yeah. And his bill sticking out of it a little bit. I think that's on the cover of the DVD app. Yeah. That's, so that's no one watched the original poster. Yeah. But the VHS and, uh, cover is uh, Howard sitting in a chair holding a magazine with Beverly's face on it, like a teen magazine. Uh, and you okay. can see his sunglasses over the top of the magazine. So that was the one everybody saw. Oh. But the, the egg one was the original I teaser. I find my copy. I think yours is the egg one. But I'm saying that, that was... Well, I don't know. I they, could they be wrong decorated it like that it. because that's the, the yeah. teaser poster. Howard the Duck. I need to watch it again. It's mm-hmm. so bad. But I do love the it. The sentimental value. It Josh does. and I used to watch it a lot in the beginning of our, our relationship. <laughs> we haven't watched it in a while, but but I do. But like, we love it. The music is good. The the Howard the Duck. Huh. Yeah. All right. One more comic book movie on this list: Batman and Robin, nineteen ninety seven. The follow up to Batman Forever, with Val Kilmer. So same Batman. I guess it's all the same Batman with Batman Returns and the first Batman from 89. Because even though they're different actors, the actors that played Alfred and Commissioner Gordon, uh, Michael Goff and Pat Hingle, respectively, uh, were the same actors for Mm -hmm. all four of those 90s Batman movies. So I guess they do connect (laughs) in a way. (laughs) Just replace Batman. No one will notice. We noticed. We noticed. I know. We noticed. I was just I, I'm, I'm going to go out on record and say that I didn't mind Val Kilmer. I actually liked Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Batman. Better than Christian Bale. You might get a lot of hate mail That's for okay. that one. Um, you can hate on me. Most people do regard the Nolan trilogy as the best Batmans ever. Just ever. No. No disrespect. I do like them. There are some technical things I do like about those three movies. And there are some characters I do like in the no, movies. I don't but say I, I'm uh, hating on the no, movies. No, no, I'm not. I'm just. Yeah, I just. I was joking on myself Christian that I like Bale, the technical I don't know. stuff. I'm just not a Christian Bale fan in, in general. I, I didn't guess. care for him as Batman, but I loved him in American Psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. So. Uh, and Pocahontas. <laughs> um, was he John Smith? Yeah. Okay. See, <laughs> so, I wouldn't. I didn't. I guess I, I think do, it though. was. Yeah. I think it was. Him. I think you're right. Uh, so Batman and Robin, still directed by Joel Schumacher, who did Batman Forever. And most people can make fun of Joel Schumacher for those movies, but he has made great movies. Rest in peace, Joel. He did pass away a few years ago. Mm. He did Flatliners, Kevin Bacon and Kiefer Sutherland, Julia Roberts. Great movie. He mm-hmm. did The Lost Boys. Way better than the remake. Yeah. He did The Lost Boys, one of the best vampire movies oh, yeah. ever, in our opinion. Um, he did Phantom of the Opera. The, the with Gerard Butler as the Phantom and Emmy Rossum as uh, Christine, yeah. which I thought was fine. It's been, the, it's been the like acting, 20 years the, since I probably watched that movie. The actor choices were questionable, but the movie looked good. It looked good. Music sounded good. You know, and he, uh, he yes, he did also do Phone Booth, but we won't talk about that one. But yeah. yes, he, he uh, I did not like that. Just kidding. <laughs> I like Colin Farrell, but not that mm, one. No. Um, Batman and Robin. So this... Batman Forever was a pretty big success. They did go a different route. See, Batman Returns, parents didn't like that movie. A movie like that now would be fine. It's dark and grim and 
spooky and the penguin was disgusting and kind of creepy <laughs> and that was the reasons parents didn't parents didn't butt. like it they thought penguin was too scary there was it yeah, was too violent out, but i love there was it. some sexual things with catwoman and batman in certain scenes and i loved it batman returns is my favorite of the four 90s batman movies um, oh yeah they they let tim burton have free reign michael keaton is my batman he is good he doesn't mm-hmm. fit the costume, and he can't turn his neck, turn his head. But neither could the other Batmans. <laughs> okay, I was so that's say. what I'm hoping for with Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yes, but, uh, I hope he can turn his head because none of them can in that thick rubber suit. We'll find out. Um, oh yeah, it's like how are you gonna fight if you can't even freaking turn your head? So if you watch, if you watch these old Batman movies, yeah, exactly. If you watch these old Batman movies, <laughs> he he acts like Jason in the Jason movies because Jason never turns his head. He he turns with his whole body. Yeah, you, you know, know what that's I That's what Batman does. You know what I always <laughs> think of when I watch Friday the 13th. Sorry, we're going off subject, but just we do me this. That I know. <laughs> like he gets somewhere so fast even though people are like running away from him and sometimes he'll come out of nowhere. I just always like That's his thing. I know, but I always laugh to myself cuz I'm like watch the, the the camera's not on him and I can just see Jason just like well, fucking running. That's why I kind of And then they show him and then he's like yeah, well, that's why I kind well because also you know the people that are being chased are also dumb enough to trip over anything, and that gives them some time to yeah. catch up. Like this one guy um, was like running, 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 and then he gets to like what is it like little motorcycle or a moped, and then all of a sudden Jason comes from the side, and I'm like, well, how the f- did you Jason, get there if you weren't running? <laughs> Well, we couldn't see you. Jason's a power walker, and he knows those woods like the he back of his He power walks hands. with those old ladies at the mall on He Sundays. does. Yes, he does. Uh, but that's why I kind of like the remake of Friday the 13th, how they had him have underground tunnels yeah. underneath the woods, and that's how he can get from place to place quicker. So maybe that's what he does. You just don't see it. But he <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's you. power walking, like yeah, like mall power like walking. And well, the camera sh- you know gets to him, he's just like, Oh no, yeah. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> that's it's what I always picture. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's true. So yeah, Batman could never turn his head. The 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 costume was like thick, heavy rubber. And that was one of the reasons why Val Kilmer didn't want to return. Because he just he was miserable in that costume. And you can see it and you watch it in his documentary. I mean he was he really wasn't I it wasn't it wasn't it. the batman he wanted he was hoping it would be not batman and robin he oh, kind of no. felt like he was just there yeah. because the costume doesn't give you much to act in really that's why the what he does in the movie is what he does right sadly and george clooney does the same <laughs> in fact well, george clooney so much george clooney didn't even get top billing in the movie, Schwarzenegger is the first name in this movie. Schwarzenegger as Freeze, then George Clooney as Batman. Come with me if you want to freeze. <laughs> I love Arnold as Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Every line is a one-liner pun, ice pun. Let's go kick some ice. I <sighs> don't like Uma Thurman as poison. You know, I, I read, I, I watched, read and watched an interview with Schumacher and his, re- at the time, and this is different people's tastes. Mm-hmm. You may not agree with them, you probably won't. But this, there is a reason why Schumacher and the producers wanted Uma Thurman. They wanted, at the time, in their was opinion. This Kill Bill? This is way before Way Kill before? Bill. I can't remember. At least like 15 years. Oh. Or really? maybe 10 years. Uh-uh. Eh, it was like 2011. 
I think Nuh-uh. maybe. No, not eleven. Look it up. I am. Maybe two thousand eight. I'm curious. Maybe maybe ten years. But they wanted at the time the most beautiful actress that they could find to play this character. And Uma Thurman was was that for them. Um this movie was made to sell toys. One hundred percent. They had so many different vehicles and Batmobiles and Bat boats and Bat things to totally just sell toys. I'm sure the new Star Wars trilogy was probably the same way. Oh well, yeah, I, I know some people that have a little BB-8 that rolls around. You do. Yeah, I do. Does <laughs> Josh use it? No. People appreciate people, people have fucker. Baby Yoda plushes and stuff like that. I mean, but that's always. I do. Been, I got but, one. It, but that's always been Star toys. Wars. But I'm saying, like, yes, and even the other three Batmans had toys, but this one, one of its sole purpose for existing was to sell <laughs> They're toys. like, we need to get some merchandise up in That's the why they didn't use any vehicle or anything from previous films. These were all created new to sell new as toys. So it brings us back uh, Chris O'Donnell as, the, as Robin. Very Kill ang- Bill is angsty. 2003. Oh. So it is a little bit before, but not... My bad. Years. <laughs> the years have gone by. I'm getting old. Okay, sorry. Anyway. No, you're good. So Chris O'Donnell is back as Dick Grayson, Robin, who's even more angsty and, and prickish in this movie than he was in the first, the other mm-hmm. one. Um, this this movie, of course, is famous for the nipples on the suits. But Joel Schumacher, who has since apologized for that, but, I mean, it wasn't his intention uh, to piss people off with that it was his intention to put the nipples on there but not but for a different reason more like bare chested it was supposed to because superheroes well because superheroes well yeah that too superheroes are kind of like greek gods they're like gods to some and by designing that as their armor if you look at any greek god statue and they're wearing armor they all have nipples on the armor because it's got the abs and the pecs that's what he was going for so Which I makes get it. Sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I get it. It just didn't work out the way he wanted. <laughs> yeah. Because some people really disown this movie just because of nipples on the bad suit and how sexist that we didn't get Batgirl nipples. But you know what? It's a PG thirteen movie. You're not going to get Batgirl's nipples. That that probably would have been blurred out. <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably had the black bar over it. Uh, so yes, women we... nipples are way more different than men. <laughs> We do get Batgirl in this movie. Alicia Silverstone. Oh my gosh, for like five minutes. But who at the time, well, she was Barbara Gordon for the whole movie until we get her in the mask. That's true. She was a pretty big name in the 90s, being clueless and things like that. Excess baggage. (laughs) That movie. Um, So, I mean, that was fine. Honestly, I couldn't have thought of anybody else at that time that could have played that character. Um,. I don't think this is that bad of a movie. It's I I do get it why people hate it. Yeah, you're a huge Batman fan, and this was like this movie ruined Batman. But you know what? If it wasn't for this, Christopher Nolan wouldn't have made the Batman trilogy. I mean, I mean, some another adaptation would have come along, but I think because of the failure of this and the want to make it newer and better for the next generation. That was, I think, a big inspiration for Nolan. I mean, it still made some money. At least they got their money back and more. They did. Almost $100 million. Yeah, $160 million budget, 
which is crazy. But at the yeah. same time, 25 of it went to Schwarzenegger. I'm not sure. <laughs> for his pay. watching it, you're like, well, where the f- did all the budget go? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty silly. <laughs> but it grossed over $238 million, It went towards so it the well. nipples. They, it went towards the nipples <laughs> and the, the new vehicles. Yeah, like the one-seater Batmobile. That thing was weird. It had only one <laughs> seat for Batman right in the middle. And Where's you, Robinson? And he has his motorcycle. I know. <laughs> and, you, and you see Batman. Like, it didn't even... It was like a convertible. So it was just weird seeing him sit there like, like a guy at an office desk. It's like that, that picture of Spider-Man <laughs> sitting at the safe. office desk. And yeah. it's Batman sitting in his, his car desk. <laughs> So ridiculous. Uh, I like the soundtrack. I have the soundtrack. Um, they have Smashing Pumpkins on there. Uh, R. Kelly is on there uh, with his song Gotham City. Bone Thugs and Harmony is on there. Um, very weird soundtrack, but I like it. REM. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Poison Ivy. It was cool to see her, but at the same time, she did play it really weird. Yeah, I feel like it would have took it up to the next level if it was a different person maybe but not that i, guess, I don't like I guess uma thurman the, like i guess at the same time i think time, she's great but i it's just but i guess at the same time because of that movie's tone maybe it's i don't know but uh we did get bane in the movie it's the first time i ever saw bane in a live action movie i remember him from the animated batman mm-hmm. and in this one we get we get bane now they did get something right with bane in this than than uh, compared to Tom Hardy's version in Dark Knight Rises, you know he has those uh, the chemicals pumping into his body that makes him big and strong yeah. and all that stuff, and that was right. But they made him a complete dumbass. He doesn't really speak much. In fact, there's a whole scene where you've got to watch Harley Quinn the new where, the where she just show. tells him to plant bombs everywhere, or Freeze tells him to plant bombs, and he's holding these bombs that are shaped like icicles because it's in Mr. Freeze's lair or whatever. And he's just like, bomb. And goes over, picks up another one. Bomb. And that's all he does. <laughs> <laughs> then he gets his ass kicked by Robin and Batgirl. Bane. Bat- Batman doesn't even fight him. <laughs> Bane is so great in the new Harley Quinn show. Is he funny? Is he a uh, dumbass too? Kind of. Right. He's funny though. Because but... they made him smart in uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Oh gosh. You got to watch that show. I think you would really, really enjoy it. I know. It's it's in my list. I And I say that a lot. My listeners know that. I'll get to it eventually. I will. Oh, whatever. I, I have a huge list too. Don't I know. Worry. So does Chris. I don't even. I should write them down because I forget half of them anyway. Well, this movie was nominated for 11 Razzie Awards. It won one Worst Supporting Actress to Alicia Silverstone. Aww. That's a bummer. Little Barbara. So it's worth the watch. Now, I saw this movie as a modern adaptation of the 1960s Adam West show. And the Adam West show, classic... It's nostalgic, a classic. yeah, but so silly, over the well, top. Yeah, it was of what, course, sixties, and yeah, and a bunch yeah. of puns. You get to see Batman do his Bat to C dance and holding the bomb, and you know stuff like that. So I felt that this movie was like the movie version of that. To me, others might not see it that way. So if you accept it as that, I think it's pretty good for what it was. Yeah. 
It's not the best. No, oh, it is stupid, but I, I will still watch it. Like, like if it. I ever it's do fun. like a Batman marathon by some chance, yeah, you're gonna have to watch it. Yeah. I don't skip it. No, I don't either. Uh, Batman Forever had a little bit of the silliness in it, especially with Jim Carrey uh, kind of channeling the original Riddler actor from the Adam West show. Frank Gorshin, I believe his name is. No, clue. totally the modern adaptation of that character. So I felt that was fine. Two Face was weird. I do like Tommy Lee Jones, but. I don't know what he was doing in that. Uh, but but it's still a flop in the Nolan ones. <laughs> Which just sucks because I was actually excited because I like that actor and I thought yeah. he was the perfect choice yeah, for that. Yeah, I agree. They should have taken him out, stuck with Joker, and he that's was it. pointless. Save him for the next yeah. one. Totally pointless. Uh, he looked cool. I'll give him that. For a hot his, second. His half face looked cool. Yeah, but he was not um, in it long. But I kept making jokes. I was Sorry, like, that's spoiler. what you get when you kept picking picking at it. That's what you got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Batman Forever still had some seriousness in it, like it did with the other ones, the ones previous, but then it was like a like balance between silliness and seriousness. I don't know. I, I like them all. Yeah. I still like them all. You know, Batman v Superman gets a lot of shit, and I there's parts of that movie I like too. So, I mean, it, it's Batman. I'm going to like it. I am so excited for The Batman with Pattinson. Yeah. That's like my number one most anticipated movie next year. I'm <laughs> excited for um, their version of the Riddler. Yeah. Well, sadomasochist, the duct tape face. <laughs> like, <laughs> very different looking, uh, and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, I, at the same time, as much as I love the iconic green suit with black uh, question marks all over it and the bowler hat and uh, things like that, the cane uh it would look kind of silly in um the tone of what the new one looks like yeah but who knows maybe they'll that'll be a later costume maybe they won't kill off this riddler and he will become that maybe. icon but maybe a Probably more not, realistic we'll looking out. version of that suit yeah but jim carrey's suit he did wear that suit in one scene with the hat and the coat but then it got weird he wore like tights almost like, like rid- a leotard, leotard that riddler that pjs called? or whatever i don't know <laughs> but i will say i want that coat that that i had all the lights on it and shining all the different yeah. question marks that was cool and his weird uh david bowie hair haircut and uh, orange color anyways batman and robin deserves its spot on this list i do love it it's really bad all right almost over here people uh the last two are on everybody's top 10 well, so bad they're great lists not one of them for me because i've never seen it but. but if you look at other people's lists this is on here and i did show you that clip from the movie oh my gosh yes so this is that was great from the director I, i'm totally excited to watch this <laughs> it's so from bad. that clip <laughs> it's so bad but it's, it's like, like oh my God, you know yes. it's like those it's when the movies that riff tracks or mystery science theater uh riffs on those movies that they riff on, they are bad, but they're so great because you just want to riff on them. Mm-hmm. They're they're worth it to make fun of. Yeah. And that's what a lot of these are, like Batman and Robin, or this movie in particular, uh, the second movie by Claudio Fragasso, uh, who went under a different name, Drake Floyd, was our director of Night Killer, same year, Troll 2. The sequel to Troll, which I, I forgot to write the date down, but it came out in the 80s, has nothing to do with the first Troll movie, but they did call it Troll 2. Um, that was another use a title to sell a movie. 
Uh, the original troll wasn't a masterpiece by any sort. I'd say I'd rank it on the level of Leprechaun. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty <laughs> low tier uh, horror movie uh, silliness uh, with a young Julie Julie Louise Dreyfus is in uh, the first troll movie uh, okay. before she was anything. Yeah. And uh, Michael Moriarty is the lead as Harry Potter. That's his name in the movie. Uh, the Potter family gets stalked by a troll. Harry Harry Potter and Harry Jr. <laughs> so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, uh, it was originally called Goblins, which would have made way more sense because all the trolls, and I say that in quotation quotations here uh are goblins and they're never called trolls they are goblins they they are in a town called nilbog which is goblin spelled backwards <laughs> couldn't be more no. on the, you couldn't be more on the nose this new family moves to nilbog and are pursued by goblins who are vegetarian and want to turn them into plants so they can then eat them but does that technically make them a vegetarian? But it says so in the plot. I know, but does it technically, though? And Nilbog, ba- goblin spelled backwards, very funny. And I guess it sounds better than, like, the town of Lort, which is troll spelled backwards. Now, did troll do good? Like, was that did a popular okay. movie? It did okay for what it was. Maybe they were like... Hey, let's market it as Troll Two because that's probably Troll exactly what they did. Was yeah, <laughs> did so good. Uh, and and financially at the time, I wouldn't say it's a total loss, but it's it's just really bad. It was a hundred thousand dollar budget movie. It grossed five million bucks. That's wonderful. That's, yeah, it's financially <laughs> successful. Yeah. Uh, there were two unofficial sequels to this. Uh, there was one called Troll 3, or in some countries, Contamination Point 7. Weird. Uh, it was also known as The Crawlers. If you ever got to see it on VHS here in the States, it was under a title called The Crawlers. Did they crawl around? It had nothing to do with oh, Troll, but okay. it, that's why they're unofficial sequels. Yeah, and then the other one was called Quest for the Mighty Sword. <laughs> Uh, It was also called Troll 3 in other countries. So there were two Troll 3s that were unofficial. And in uh, Quest for the Mighty Sword, uh, has a hobgoblin character that actually wears the same costume from one of the costume goblins in Troll 2. So there's the connection. It's the same Mm -hmm. goblin. (laughs) Um, They were going to make an actual sequel to this. Uh, They've been talking about it. For years, and it was actually the the best title that they came up with was Troll Two Part Two. <laughs> Not kidding, but oh unfortunately, sorry fans. As of two thousand nine, they didn't want to do it anymore. They they, like they lost their interest. Sitting around a table, throwing around <laughs> yeah, ideas. Troll like, Two Part Let's Two. Let's call it <laughs> Trolls Two Part Two. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Um, no, it's this, weird. This movie it's has hilarious. one of the most famous video clips on YouTube that you can watch. Again, one of those clips where you don't know what movie it's from. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But it's been seen in, in by millions of people. Um, and it's, to be honest, uh, it only I, I can't really... Um, Hmm? They're eating her. Stop. And then they're going to eat me. 
I can't do that line justice, so I had to actually use the <laughs> oh real my audio. God. Um, hopefully, we don't get sued for that. But it right, was, was it was like, less than like thirty it. seconds. I mean, I don't know who's actually owning this the rights to this movie anymore, <laughs> but it's pretty sure it's public domain now. But uh, there was a documentary that was made. Um, there was a young actor in this movie, Michael Stevenson. That was his real name. And a lot of these actors didn't really do anything after this movie. They actually went on and had real jobs in the in the you know in their life. But Michael, little Michael Stevenson, grew up and became uh, and created a documentary. He got he gathered the entire cast that he could find, the director, writers, all of these things, and made a documentary called "Best Worst Movie." Uh, I hear it's fantastic. I do want to see it. I've known about it since it came out, but I just always forget about it, and I don't recall what streaming site has it. Mm, I you might can't just, just like buy it. You can. I might just do that, but I hear it's fantastic. And it's fun to see like all these people, including director Claudio Fergasso, talk about the vision of this masterpiece that they were making. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> I can't wait to watch Over it. The I know I acting, Over the top acting. Horrendously terrible goblin costumes. They're clearly masks. Their eyes don't even move. Like it's it's a mask. They don't even try hard to make it look somewhat realistic. Well, they the only other, had a $100,000 budget. The so. other troll in the other troll movie looked so much better. What was their budget? Uh, I, I don't know, but it came out in 1986. Um, to be honest, I'm not sure. I'd actually you know, have to look it up, but that's what it looked like in the first movie. Oh my gosh, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That looks yeah, like a troll. I've seen that. Yeah. None oh, of these right. hold a candle like to troll hunter. Building, right? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Okay. He's stalking yeah, 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 the yeah. Potter family, and there's a little girl with the ball, and like yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've seen the first. There's troll. a door that goes to like a magical woods, <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> and Julie Louise Dreyfus is in there naked in the woods with leaves all over her. Weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> But Troll 2 definitely deserves its spot uh, on this list and on everybody else's list. It's one to definitely watch uh, for sure. It's a definite see it to believe it. But I also rank it up there with Night Killer and The Fanatic. You definitely need to see these three to believe why. Like, why they're so bad, but great. And our number one. These aren't ranked. This is just the, the last one on the list. This movie is so great. Because all of these, in my opinion, for the most part, are deserve number one spots. Yeah. This movie, I rank the same as Wicker Man and Fanatic and, and Night Killer and stuff. But it is a lot of people's number one pick. And I'm pretty sure everybody out there can already guess what this is. It is The Room. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> This is my future wife, Lisa. It's so quotable. And we, we try our hardest to mimic Tommy Wiseau's acting and accent. It, yeah, no one knows where he's from. No? No? I'm pretty sure he's tried to say here and there, but it's so mm -hmm. vague that you don't even know if he's just bullshitting. Is he still in Nobody, hiding? Well, not hiding. No, he's made he's, stuff since okay. then. And, and you don't know his real age, and you don't know exactly how he made all that he's money to finance all these movies. Or to finance this movie, he's made other things too. Um, 
but I was looking for it. He made a show called Neighbors in 2015 that went to Hulu. There was six episodes, but I just recently checked Hulu. It's not there anymore. Oh. But there's six episodes of a show called Neighbors that he stars in that he made that went to Hulu. So oh try to find gosh. that. Okay, yeah. Uh, so The Room, 2003. Not to be confused with Room with Brie Larson. <laughs> um, the Room, uh, which is directed, produced, executive produced, and written, and starring... Tommy Wiseau. Incredible. This this is a horrible, horrible movie. But it's so damn funny. It's so great to make fun of. Oh it's my gosh, so yes. watchable. I can I, watch it. I didn't even know this was a thing. Um, until I think... I think you were talking about it. And I looked it up and I was like, oh my God, I need to find this mm-hmm. movie and watch it immediately. And I it, did, and it was amazing. It gained notor- notoriety after its release, its first theatrical release, which bombed, of course. Um, and throughout the years, it just became a cult classic. People, they would have festivals about this. They Comedy Central every year has been playing it on April Fool's Day every year. Uh, well, the edited version, because this is rated R. There is nudity, including Tommy Wiseau's freaky butt. Some butt shots in there. Um, but it, it's there is a book that was written by uh, the actor uh, Greg Sestero, who plays Mark in the movie. Uh, he wrote a book called the, the Disaster Artist. The book is fantastic. I did read it, and then they made it into a movie uh, with uh, James Franco directed by James Franco and starring James Franco as uh, Tommy Wiseau. Which that movie's great, too. The movie's really good, too. Mm-hmm. But the book is really good. The book is a great read. I don't know how um, accurate right, the room is, but... You mean the movie? Or Disaster I mean, Artist? Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Well, I mean, the book is written by Gre- Mark, you know, and he talks about all the things. The, the movie does... change. I mean, it's a typical Hollywood thing. James they Franco do, was a perfect choice. They do change things. Uh, well, yeah, Tommy, uh, they, they've, they've had interviews, and Tom, and James Franco was Tommy Wiseau's second choice, uh, even though they go around and he's like, you, you wanted me to do your movie, and he's like, well, I wanted Johnny Depp, <laughs> but oh, I'll settle for that James Franco. That would not Franco. have been the same. But that was Tommy's choice. Tommy's, yeah. his ego, man, he's, he's crazy. Uh, it had a $6 million budget, Ugh. and it was all paid for by Tommy Wiseau, and we don't know where it came from. I mean, he did everything. Now, I give him 100% credit for following his dream and doing what he wanted to do. He couldn't get real parts in real movies because, um, frankly, he's a weird dude. Yeah. For sure. And, uh, and no, uh, you know, he couldn't get on stage and he, like, no one would hire him. So he was like, fuck it. I'm going to get my best friend and we're going to make our Mark? own. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to make our own movie. So I give him 100% respect for that. And he did it. Mm-hmm. And But he did it in the most wrong way to do it. But at the same time, I also respect it because he did it differently. Yeah, his, um, his you know, movie. these studios, when they, when they need cameras, they rent them. Tommy's like, fuck that. I'm buying the cameras that I'm using for this movie. <laughs> and he uses all these different lenses and frame rates and things all together. You know? It's so like it's a big feels... experiment. Yeah. Um, it, it just, 
like I said, it quickly became a cult hit because of its unconventional storytelling and technical and narrative flaws, which ha- has a lot. I mean, so it was it was sort of derived from a stage play that Tommy wrote called The Room, which was supposed to be a stage play about two people, and the whole play takes place in one room. So that's why the name, The Room. Now, this movie takes place in more than just yeah, one room, just so say. it's odd. And it doesn't a... make sense. There's a lot of things that happen in this movie that go nowhere, like scenes of... Um, uh, Lisa's mother saying she has breast cancer and then that's never resolved did she survive it did did, did it affect her but she has one scene for her she's like I just found out I have breast cancer and then that's it we don't ever hear from that ever again in the entire movie <laughs> uh, loose ones. Lisa is a horrible person cheats on Tom you know she's dating Tommy's character Johnny throughout the movie it's his future wife they're they're going to be married <laughs> future husband and future wife that's the words they use um but she's she's a hoe she she loves Mark and wants to sleep with Mark all the time and Mark is as they say like a hundred times in this movie Johnny's best friend <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so funny uh and there's a reason for Tommy Wiseau using the words future wife and future husband and it's hilarious uh, he was very adamant on it being a English speaking movie only and I'm sorry fiance is a French word that's gone English speaking only future that wife. is hilarious um, this is another case like Wicker Man where he I think had an idea on how he wanted the tone of this movie to be and because when people saw it and saw it as a comedy he said that was the whole intention yeah no same kind of thing happened um you know after this movie though like it did it became a huge success and people know about it now even if you've never seen it you know about it you know these the famous scenes that are all on YouTube, like the infamous rooftop scene. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> or the, or the, uh, mm-hmm. the flower shop scene or the weird football tossing scene. They toss footballs a lot in this movie for no reason. They just toss the football around. And... Uh, Whenever, whenever, I guess, whenever Tommy makes, whenever Tommy makes fun of somebody and calls him chicken, he goes yip chip 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 chip. That's the 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 sound effect he used for that. Very strange. Um, So here's a funny thing. Uh, Maybe that's what chickens sound like wherever he's from. Maybe. Um, (laughs) So he did release that show. He made that show Neighbors, which was released uh, on Hulu, six episodes only in 2015. Maybe. Maybe you can find it. He did make another movie with Greg uh, Sestero. I forgot what it was called, but it bombed equally. But it didn't gain any cult status, so people were just like, all right, you already did it once. It was kind of like, come on, man. Uh, But he also co-directed a documentary in 2004 called Homeless in America. That's interesting. I feel like that sounds familiar, but... So he says the phrase, oh, hi, a lot in this movie nine times you hear the words oh hi nine times in this movie and like oh I'm hey i'm surprised i figured it would be more than be that more. they do you know 
say that kind of stuff anytime they enter a room. Oh, hi, Mark. Hi. Oh, hey. <laughs> best friend. <laughs> That's my best friend, Mark. Uh, We're going to go throw the football t- around. Tommy originally wanted Paramount to distrib- uh, distribu- distribute the film. And usually it takes up to about two weeks for a production company to get back to you with a reply. Paramount rejected it in 24 hours. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, nope. Uh, Tommy also had a subplot that he wanted to feature in the movie that was quickly erased where his character, Johnny, was also a vampire. And he had a flying car. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. I was just going to say, I'm like, I want to see that. But it wasn't in the budget the to... The $6 million dollar it, budget. It wasn't in the budget to make uh, the, the car fly uh, look realistic enough. <laughs> One oh, thing that's kind of fucked up. That should so, like, just be a whole different movie in itself. Yeah. So if you've seen The Disaster Artist, you've seen how Tommy treated his cast, his crew. He was the leader. It was his money. It was his movie. But he did treat him pretty horrible. You know, and he, he wanted his vision to be... Back to his ego. Yeah. He wanted his vision to be shown and exactly how he wanted it. And, you know, like I said, he treated everybody like shit. And... In the in, and that was true. In fact, uh, there's an actor Kyle Kyle Vogt or Vogt. I'm not sure, but he plays the character Peter in the original film. There is a scene in the movie where you see Peter just randomly touching things in the background for like no reason. You're like, what's up with that? That's kind of weird. <laughs> well, there actually is a reason for that. That guy actually suffered a concussion prior to filming but tommy wouldn't let him leave for medical treatment oh my gosh. and just put him in the movie that's terrible um so like i was saying earlier you do get to see his ass in the movie tommy he films his sex scenes with lisa kind of like early 90s bad cinemax sex scenes <laughs> and and they make fun of it in the disaster artist but it's true when i first saw the room it looked like he was humping her belly button it was weird. He's probably a virgin. Maybe. He's probably a virgin at that time. I mean, if you're listening, He's Tommy, like, I don't I'm know. sorry. We're not trying to disrespect I don't you. Know I do how respect sex you, man. Works. But it was it was oh, funny. Poor guy. Um and he actually wanted a cuz there's only one like one love make. There, there there's technically two in the movie, but he wanted to do a second love cuz they filmed that first one and it was so awkward as you saw in the disaster arts. That's how it was. And he wanted a second love making scene, but Juliet Daniel who plays Lisa was super uncomfortable with it, reasonably so. Mm-hmm. So Tommy had to use unse- unused scenes from that first laughing. time and recut it, which explains why the candles are already lit when they arrive at the bedroom <laughs> the second time. Oh man, it's uh, and you know, you like a lot of this stuff I'm saying with trivia. You do see it in the disaster hours, but now you know it's actually that actually was. How it was yeah like, like the rooftop scene using green screen for the rooftop scene they had a perfectly good rooftop to use in their production lot for that scene and tommy wanted green screen i don't know troubled production cult classic movie excellent movie to quote and make fun of i try to watch it every year it's been a few years. It's but. it's so good. It's oh, yeah. so bad. It's so good. <laughs> oh gosh. It's everybody that says anything about it 
It's all true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the whole time, even if you've never seen it before, I guarantee your expression is just kind of like, well, even if you've hell? seen the disaster watching? artist and didn't know what the room was, you're probably a little confused. But yeah, that's like for real. It should a make thing. you want to watch yeah. the room. And it's very you're spot tearing on. me apart, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> you do the <laughs> which he did that because so he was a James Dean fan and wanted to mm-hmm. do that. Oh my god! You don't even know what I mean. He says he works for the like the bank in the movie and like, but what does he do? the bank is he a teller is he an agent i know it's not really important but there's just not a lot going on then you got denny the weird neighbor kid that's sort of perverted and weird where he's just like always like interrupting them when they're trying to make out him and lisa and denny's there and being all (laughs) like a lovable kid but he's like a grown man playing this lovable kid (laughs) and and he's like i just like to watch you guys what? <laughs> and he's like, "Ah, oh, Denny, that's funny. You're so funny, Denny." <laughs> <laughs> then later, apparently, because somebody asked Tommy Wiseau what the hell was up with that character, because the actor who plays Denny didn't even know what the hell was up with that character, and I guess you know Tommy said that he it was like mentally disabled or something. He like added that after the fact of what we saw in the film, and that's the reason for him acting like that. I don't know. Oh lordy! <laughs> oh, you're so funny, Denny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great to watch those scenes. But yeah, bad movie, great movie. Disaster Artist is great. It's not a bad movie at all. It's actually just a great movie totally deserved its golden globes and whatever it got good cast they did a really good job oh yeah making that so but like i said it, it, it is inspiring um that even though it turned out to be a piece of shit it you know he he did what he wanted to do so six million dollar budget and it grossed one thousand nine hundred dollars Oh, that's so terrible. And he paid for so much advertising. He had a billboard on Hollywood with his weird-looking face right on it, you know, saying what theater it was going to play at and everything. And he paid weekly or daily or whatever to keep that billboard up until the movie was released. Did he release a trailer? Was there a trailer for it? Yeah, I think there was a trailer. See, that was his mistake. Should have just kept it a mystery. He should have just kept, just it, kept a it a mystery. Maybe there wasn't. I don't know. But there is a trailer for it you can watch on YouTube. Well, right. Yeah. Stuff. No, I just meant at the time, you know. Well, it's not that long ago. It's 2003. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was a... I know this is kind of random. Well, not random, but kind of. Um, there's a show on sci I think it was sci-fi. And it was like a documentary about these people in a small town who were like trying to make their own zombie movie. Hmm. And... Uh, finally at like and it was one season and then finally at the end of the season they like you got to watch it like the whole like two hour movie mm-hmm. and it's really terrible but i don't know i just kind of reminded me of this okay um that sounds just not that sounds familiar to be honest yeah i can't remember what it was called i i should look it up but <laughs> but yeah it was so terrible and it was so cheesy but you know what they freaking made it themselves 
um, worked with what they had, which is probably more than I would ever do. So I, I, I did, because he did make another movie after The mm-hmm. Room. Just wanted to mention this, and I couldn't think of the name. I'm surprised I didn't think of the name, because it's the most obvious name you would think uh, coming from him. But it came out in 2017. It is what is described a thriller comedy. And the, 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 the plot of the movie is a drifter and a quirky mortician both learn a lesson about friendship and loyalty when they form an unlikely business partnership is that becomes that becomes a comp, uh, becomes complicated by paranoia, and it is called best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you best. Now it's not directed by Wizo, but it does star Wizo and Greg Sestero, Mark from the room. Is he as the, the best friends? Is he the mortician? I'm assuming so. I haven't seen it. I would uh, laugh if not, but and it, but it's directed by somebody else. His name is uh, Justin McGregor, uh, who doesn't. Uh, apparently, there's two volumes of Best Friend, Volume One and Volume Two, so we oh, get Lordy. double dose of <laughs> Best Friends. That's so funny. <laughs> Johnny's my best friend. I need to watch this movie again. Oh, it's so great. I can't remember if my copy has uh, special features or not. If it's got commentary, that's good. that should that would be the greatest commentary ever. <laughs> yeah, with uh, Tommy. Oh, man. He's such a crazy character and a crazy person. But he did it. You know, he, he didn't become successful for exactly what he wanted to be. But he became successful nonetheless. Right. So. Good for him, but. <laughs> totally respect that. <laughs> I have to. All right. Well, that wraps up our list of So Bad They're Great, according to us. Right. Um. Oh, yes. I forgot the other two that were on the list. Because <laughs> I added them. Because of the other honorable mentions. Oh, no. What? So, um. Uh, Masters of the Universe. Okay. I'm sorry. A little bit longer here. I'm going to go quick. Masters of the Universe was on the list. 1987. I just watched this. Directed by Gary Goddard, who actually, I looked, up his, I looked up his filmography, Gary Goddard. Yeah, you said you didn't finish it? Yeah, no. I feel terrible that I'm now reading these two movies that are nowhere near on the level of the room, so bear with us. Masters of the Universe, 1987. Gary Goddard, the director, I looked up his filmography. Apparently, he directed the videos for two rides uh, at Universal Studios, which is Jurassic Park, The Ride, and Terminator 2, 3D Adventure. Oh, okay. That's in his filmography. Uh, Masters of the Universe is, of course, based on the Mattel toy line from 1981 and the cartoon series He-Man and the Masters of the Universe (laughs) from 1983. Had a $22 million... Masters of the Universe? Isn't it something like that? I... By the power of Grayskull. I, you know. I think that's what it was. Uh, $22 million budget. $17 million gross. We get Dolph Lundgren in the lead as He-Man. Young Courtney Cox as our, um, as the, the girl in the movie. Uh, the human, because uh, he is from Castle Grayskull in space, but the majority of the film takes place on Earth. Which I think is like what four. the 
Yeah, kind of. Which is, I think, the biggest mistake of this movie is the fact that it's on Earth and not out in space where the rest of it is. Um, they do use some of the characters from the source material, like He-Man, Skeletor, played by Frank Langella. We get a character, Evil Lynn. That's her name. She's the the evil Skeletor's woman. Evil yeah. Lynn. Uh, Beast Man. We get the sorceress of Castle Grayskull. We get He-Man's compadres, Man-at-Arms, and Tila. But then for some reason, could be budget, they made up a bunch of characters. They could have kept using more characters from the show and the toys, but no. They made up characters like Gwildor, uh, played by legendary uh, dwarf actor Billy Barty from Willow and uh, Legend. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it could have been Orko. Remember Orko? I don't know if you ever see him in the cartoons, but he's floating around. He's purple. He's got the O on here. He's got a little scarf and a little hat. A little does magic. That was a cool character. Maybe they just couldn't make him, but they, they, Gwildor was the substitute. Um, then they had some other villain characters that were never in the toys or movies and they never made toys for these after this movie which is funny so you have characters like Sawrod Karg K-A-R-G General Blade and Pig Boy (laughs) I'm speechless Uh, this movie is pretty bad um, but it's great it's kind of like on that level of uh, like Double Dragon, Super Mario Brothers. We know the source material, but we know the movie is nothing like the source material. Yeah. It is fun to see Dolph Lundgren as He-Man, though. It was a pretty good choice for the time. So that was made the list, and the last one is Piranha 3D, 2010. I love this movie. Kate, Surprisingly, I s- I've never seen this. It's, it's no not for everybody. Nev- it's not that I haven't it's, wanted to. It's just something I've never came across, I guess. It's not for everybody, and it's definitely over the top. It is an over-the-top B-movie for sure, and that's what makes it so bad it's great because most B-movies are bad, but they're great. Uh, Piranha, per- Piranha. 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 <laughs> Piranha 3 Double D, the uh, sequel, could be on that list of So Bad It's Bad, but I do like it because I did see it in theaters. The in 3 Double D. Yeah, I did see it in theaters I in think the I 3D. I bought that for my dad. And I will admit, both these movies, 3D, because like I've said in previous episodes, I love 3D movies. Mm-hmm. They both look amazing in 3D. At least they did to me in theaters. Well, I had my batteries the, ordered. The so. second one in theaters actually looked better than the first one. There was a worse movie than the first yeah. one. But I still like it because I'm a huge it's fan of it. 3D. The 3D was just, yeah, yeah, really good. And it was the gimmicky kind. They throw stuff at you. They throw body parts at you and eyeballs and things like that. I'm like, that's, I love that shit. Yeah. That, like, my bloody Valentine 3D, like, I love that kind of 3D. Yeah. I do like the one, the kind where you're, feels like you're there, like on, like, an Avatar and a couple Marvel movies. But I love the gimmicky kind. Friday the 13th 3D. It's good stuff. It's great. Uh, so Piranha 3D, directed by Alexandre Aja. Aya, we talked about him in the foreign uh, episode. He directed High Tension. Um, loosely based on the, the Piranha movie from 1978 by Joe Dante, which has a very, very young Mila Kunis in it, the original. This one has a great cast. Elizabeth Shue is in the lead as a cop. Adam Scott, Jerry O'Connell, Christopher Lloyd, and Richard Dreyfus are in this movie together. So $24 million budget. Grossed $83 million. So pretty good for an over-the-top, bloody, 3D, nudity-filled piranha <laughs> movie. It is ridiculous. They're like, I'm going to see someone's nipple get bit off. 
And Jerry O'Connell plays like I forget the guy's name, I don't but, know he's, if that happens, but he's but he's. I think so, actually. Oh. <laughs> I think it's a porn star too that it happens That's to. They, did, they hired a bunch of porn stars for the movie just to show the nudity <laughs> and stuff. Eli also, Roth. the acting is top. Oh, top of course, notch. Dude, Adam Scott, <laughs> so good. But uh, Eli Roth is in it. But Jerry O'Connell plays like I forget the guy's name. The guy that like invented Girls Gone Wild. I forget his name, but Jerry O'Connell plays that kind of. I do not know that. Well, I know, but he was like in the news for like having to go to trial and all this stuff for like know. underage girls or whatever. Oh gosh, but that's terrible. Jerry O'Connell plays that kind of guy, and he's you know trying to get all these things, and Piranha are coming, killing everybody. This is a great uh, scene towards the end of the movie where it's just all hell breaks loose, carnage, blood everywhere. It's fantastic. I may sound like a sick person talking about this movie. <laughs> And the second one, like, they went more. Yeah, but people know that we like horror, so. It's not just, scary. But I know, is. but blood, just I'm fun. just saying that gore comes with that, so. But I understand people saying that is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Of course it is. It's Piranha 3D. Yeah, it's supposed to be stupid. <laughs> it's it's a B-movie made well to me. It's like Eight-Legged Freaks. That's a B-movie made well. Yeah. That one didn't make the list because that movie's so great, it's great. <laughs> Not so bad, it's great, it's great. Yeah. All right, so I wanted to get through those real quick. But this does, this ends the episode. It's a pretty long one, I think, maybe. Yeah, sorry. But wanted to talk about this stuff. And another shout-out to our sponsor, Noah's Arcade. I need to play me some Desert Storm Commando Warrior. Sounds... Sounds delightful. <laughs> <laughs> sounds hard. It does. Uh, it sounds like you do a lot of stuff with it. <laughs> so, all right. See you guys at the movies. Bye.